season, season of the deep. And three, two, one. We are live. How are you this fine day? In our own little room. I am fine. Are you fine? I am fine. Good. But the question is, do you know? I might know. Good, because I'm sure Respawn knows. He should. I'm sure he does. He doesn't know. Let's be honest here. He won't remember. (laughs) You know? Welcome to Two Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny 2 podcast. Dedicated in bringing you all the latest information, news, and opinions. This is the best show for new and veteran guardians alike, where we share tips, tricks, and tools to help you succeed and enjoy playing even more. So with all that said, let me hand you over to your hosts, the triumph-hunting titan night demon, the pink-panted pansy Hiroti, and your hunter master Asia, Mr. No One Responds in Real Life! I don't know if he's joining us. I'm going to assume not, but you know, there's just, there's just never a way to know. No. So if he doesn't join us, it's just Night Demon and Parody. It is indeed. We are here. And we've played Destiny all week long. So we, we can have. give you the hot takes and the cold takes. And I don't think there's any other takes you can have, but there's takes. I mean, there's take in. There's lots of them. Take away. They're very, they're very unhappy. They, they keep are. getting nuked on rooftops, well, as they should. To be honest, they really should. I mean, you also just shouldn't hang out on rooftops if you think good things are going to happen to you. No, nothing, nothing good happens up there. It's like I always say to my kids: get down from there because you're going to hurt yourself, mm-hmm. or somebody will come to hurt you. Depending, mm, not <laughs> normally in, in my cases, but yes, in, in yeah. Destiny's case, yeah, 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 yeah. Less, less people, you know, terrorizing your rooftops. More. Um, Guardians hopping into cannons and uh, jumping up to the rooftops to say, oh, look, some Taken. Be a pity if we were to electrocute all of them all at once. <laughs> and let's I mean, face it, it's, them, it's the Cabal's fault. The Cabal, if the mm-hmm. Cabal hadn't put those um, cannons there, we would find it a lot more difficult to get up to those rooftops to actually kill mm-hmm. them. And in some cases, we might go, you know what, I can't be bothered to go up there. I'll just wait for the time to run down. But, you know, Cabal put yeah. man cannons, so we jump in the man cannons. That's how it goes. Makes it easy. It does. Quick, easy, dead. And if you're confused about what we're talking about, you obviously haven't been in the Solstice Bonfire Bash yet, like we have. And we've played, and we've enjoyed, and as Parody said, we've electrocuted things, because we are now warlocks. That's it. We've thrown in the Titan Mantle. We've we've just... It's gone. We're now warlocks. Well, for now, anyway. Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm all about warlocks. It's I I said I need to play a warlock. I need to electrocute everything because I was having good fun with the child of the old gods, and he's a very good child. Yeah, but but it's just you know this is the friend game. It's fun to play with buddies, and sometimes you need a number of arc buddies, and sometimes the number of arc buddies you need is all of them to the yeah. point where you can't really see your screen because there's just arc happening. There's ionic traces. There's arc buddies. There's explosions. There's electricity. It's just all arc all the time. Yeah. And it, it is just a beautiful thing that makes short work of, well, everything. Dungeons, <laughs> Solstice events, Gambit, any, anywhere where there are people, Master Nightfalls, just, just laying waste to all the arc. 
It's beautiful. Oh, I do think that we have a, a respawn inbound. I've just seen it pop up on the, the host chat. See, see the ship flying in? Yeah, we've seen the ship flying in. So we may be bombarded by a respawn any second now. But On yeah, just from the hotel room. Yeah, I've had a, a, a fun week. We started the week with the Iron Banner at the beginning of the week, which was quite nice. Rounding that out, getting all the the things that you need in Iron Banner, so that was good fun. Then moving into Solstice for a couple of days and going off and doing other things, and then rounding out the week, starting playing some trials to get some of those challenges done, and Ooh. you know, get some pinnacles, obviously. It's so all about the how has your trials uh, endeavor gone this weekend? I I think well <laughs> <laughs> that well, huh? Okay. <laughs> I was going to talk to you guys about trials the other week, but then I thought I'd wait and kind of give it another go, and and we could probably discuss it. But I don't know how much trials that you've kind of played or not. Yeah, I I haven't played in a couple of weeks. I do intend to play some this weekend partially for the you know trial by fire and partially just because I wouldn't mind seeing if I can unlock another messenger or two, maybe just add them to the collection before <laughs> yeah. the season ends, which is quickly, quickly approaching, but it is. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, the, the weekend before Iron Banner popped up, I decided I was going to play some trials on the last day. Now, normally when we have trials, mm. it's, they have, I know they've kind of changed it now, but it used to be, you had the two separate pools. You had the flawless pool, so that that was a cutoff on Sunday, wasn't it? So that anybody that had been flawless was now in their own little pool, and they played other flawless players. Then anybody that hadn't gone flawless was in their own separate pool. And I, I, I always found that that pool was a lot nicer to kind of play in. You know, there, it was a very even balance of people trying to get to the lighthouse that obviously might not have been able to get there before. Uh, or have been, and they're just average skill players, and we were kind of fighting to get to the lighthouse. And I've always enjoyed that. This time around, it's now everybody's in the same pool, and then you get losses on your card, which then put you into the practice pool. And I think it's three losses, isn't it? So you have the if you pick up the mercy card that gives you two mercies. If you have that, then you get those two mercies, and then the the next one kind of puts you into the practice pool, so to speak. Now, I was doing quite well by myself. I'd got, I think, about four or five wins. I think it, it must have been on the Tuesday. So it was just before reset. It was on the, on the Tuesday. Playing, mm. having good fun, you know, just doing tightening things. And then Donnie and I think Das Astro came to join me. A couple of people came to join me. And we, you know, they said, can we join? Yeah, you know, more the merrier fun. We lost every single game. It was <laughs> unbelievably... <laughs> terrible in a way that you know average skill players were not able to kind of even fight out of the practice pool we all had mm -hmm. losses on our cards we'd gone you know three or four losses in a row without resetting our cards we were still in the practice pool we were coming up against adept immortals we were coming up against mm -hmm. flawless players that you know obviously had been flawless in other weeks but not this week, and they were just kind of in there farming us. So I'm not sure how well that kind of matchmaking is going, because I know if you go flawless in the week that you're currently in and you try and get yourself into that practice ball, you get immediately pulled out when you start getting wins. So maybe the strat is to kind of, on a week where you don't necessarily need to go for the exotic or you've got the exotics and you just want to 
farm people in that practice pool. It's yeah. Yeah, there's 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 not really a good strategy going to trials. You sort of just have to grow grab a friend or two and say, We're gonna go in, we're probably gonna get our teeth kicked in, but we're not gonna you know, we're gonna go in not expecting to excel. We're just gonna go in and make St. 14 yellows. That's really the only objective, and to kind of have a good time. Hmm. And, and you know, some of those matches, you walk into them, and you're dead before you've taken your second breath, or, you yep. know, press down your trigger. And then the, some matches are actually competitive. You actually feel like, okay, we have a chance. Like, you may still lose, but you felt like you you could have won that match had you made better decisions, or had just, you know, that, that, that balance gone the right way, or you put that grenade in just the right spot that you missed a little bit. It just really, like, that's when I enjoy trials more. When, honestly, like, if I'm playing with people I know, or if I am solo queuing it, let me throw a podcast on in the background, let me throw some YouTube videos on in the background, and just sort of queue those up and, like, half listen to those and half listen to trials going, it's not going to really matter if I hear the guy coming to kill me. He's going to kill me anyway. <laughs> yeah. But I'm just going to sit here and have a good time. And then, you know, you, you get your hate messages from people going, why are you playing trials? And you want to just say back, to help you keep the community up, numbers up a little bit so you have a chance to actually do well mr good yeah. trials player <laughs> instead of just playing the grenader jakes and the frostbolt to the world and they go it's only the sweatiest people here why is it only the sweatiest people well because you've scared everyone else away <laughs> yeah see i found that this time last time round, i found that you could play well i could play with my friends and we could play and actually do average you know player things and and progress to maybe four or five six even close to getting seven wins and then kind of tumbling a bit this way round i found that the friend game isn't the way to do it it's to do it solo now because it will queue you with other mm. solo players mm-hmm. so the friend game in trials now is is non-existent for average players and i think that's the issue is that bungie had the issue of the 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 good players saying that they couldn't play with their friends once they kind of got flawless because they wouldn't, they couldn't take them into the flawless pool because they, or, or they could, but it was a lot harder for them, and they they up, got upset about that. So then Budgie kind of went, oh, okay, you can now play with your friends and you can destroy as you want to kind of go through with your friends, but that's okay for the very good players because they can do that and they can take their friends multiple times to the lighthouse, which is kind of. It's kind of the way that it was in Destiny 1, whereas now I found that in this season when they changed the, the matchmaking parameters is that if you have a team of friends that are just average players, it's it's a lot harder to kind of get out of that losing streak. And mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Trials this season is good for the average player, but then yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 know, I can hear Respawn in the back of my head coming and going, oh, you know, Trials is for, you know, the, the sweaties, get good scrub and all that kind of thing. Yeah, but 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 you know, it's like but Bungie gave us away through completing bounties, through just sticking it out, through just playing matches, and you know, over the course of a weekend, you can you maybe collect those twenty five round wins, thirty round wins. I can't remember what the Saint fourteen bounty is. It's twenty. For, yeah, for twenty like, round you know, wins. We will go hand you a weapon for just games one. Uh, the okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's like so you could take take your Sunday afternoon, take your Saturday morning, and say I'm just gonna go play for a couple of hours. With with the goal of of you know getting getting that thing unlocked or just you know completing bounties to go to scene fourteen and say I can make the track go up I can turn these in I can focus on the weapon I want you know as long as you know I'm not getting the adept weapons out of it but I can get a couple of immortal rolls or a messenger roll or you know whatever that thing is you don't have yet 
or just say, hey, this is on the track that I want to unlock. So then next season, you know, when I've got more time or when I, you know, when I get my team together, whatever, you know, the case may be, you've got the weapon unlocked. It's in the pool. You've got your messenger available to you, your mortal available to you. Now, now you can say, I can go in next season, play a little bit here, play a little bit there, slowly amass some engrams, and then I can go and focus them going. At least I'm getting the loot I want from this. You know, it's all maybe not the role I want, but at least I'm getting something I want from this activity. Yeah. As opposed to just going to the slot machine saying, please give me something good. Oh, it was an armor piece that I, you know, was another butt cape or a warlock bond or, you know, a hunter cloak, which fine, but I don't need that. That's not helping me. I mean, d- don't get me wrong. Trials has come on leaps and bounds from when it was first introduced. And you couldn't kind of get anything unless you were getting the wins and the round wins mm-hmm. to get that track moving to actually get stuff. So they, they've they've come a long way in actually getting the average player into play. But I'm not sure if the the parameters for the skill level still is good enough to get the uh, keep the average player in there unless they're going in there solo. Because if you're going in there solo and you're an average player, you have a chance to get another average player and then maybe a better player. And you get a game that can kind of go 4-5 or 5-4. And, you know, it's really good. It's a really good feeling. But when you go in there with your your other two buddies that are just average players and Mm -hmm. you can't even win a round for about five or six games, it feels like when Trials was first introduced of you're just going to get stomped over and over and over and over again. And there's going to be no progression. I mean, there, there was a little bit of progression on St. 14's track, but... Yeah, but not, not enough to, to make the investment worth it. I mean, we, we had fun. I'm not saying that we didn't have fun. We had fun. We were having a yeah. laugh. But it yeah, after but it wasn't a, a, laugh a time... something good. Yeah, it, it was <laughs> a little bit... It was a little bit demoralizing to kind of just walk into the match and just get sniped straight away. It's like, oh, God, th- this again. Yeah, yeah. You, you look at the loadouts and you go, okay... They've got a cloud strike. Let's not stand next to each other. But then you do make the you make the mistake of trying to raise your friend, and you're like, "Cool!" and everything goes bang again. Like, rookie mistake, my mm-hmm. fault. But yes, yeah, um, I'm going to wait to see what they say about it. But so far this week, I think I've got two wins in a row, and that again, that's going solo into the queue list and um, seeing how far I can get just to get some wins on there. I mean, like I say in this week in Destiny videos. You don't have to get those seven wins in a row for St. 14. You can do it over a period of like the three or four days that Trials is up to get those seven wins. And you can get a win, reset your card, or just be on the, the loss streak and get a win every now and then. And it'll still count towards those seven wins. As long as you do it before the reset, you get those. And then the 20 round wins is it kind of, there's a, an, a times, times two, three, four multiplier on it once you start getting more wins on your card. So if you get like one match one, those five rounds count towards just five points. But the second game, I think they then count as like two points. So then it jumps up a bit more. So by the time you get to three or four wins, depending on if it's in a row or on, as long as they're like the yellow squares on your card, that will progress faster. So you don't actually have to get the 20 round wins. So Sometimes that that kind of helps to get the pinnacles because that's what I'm kind of chasing at the moment with my warlock is I'm trying to get her up to 18.10 and the only thing I need is the class item. Now, there was a time in Destiny where class items were the only thing that kind of dropped from certain encounters and I kind of miss that now and they kind of took that out of the rage. Do you remember this? Like 
they would have mm-hmm. a set encounter in a raid where you knew that you could get, kind of get a class item but then that's all people got from that encounter and they whined and they moaned and they went okay well we'll take class items out of the equation and it'll just kind of be randomized and i always make blue screen laugh when i play with him i say don't forget to refresh your destiny item manager because you know they bungee know that if, if that's the <laughs> only item that you need and i do it religiously out of kind of I, I before i go and pick up an engram or before i complete a thing i, I refresh the destiny item manager just so that the algorithm knows that that's the only thing that i'm missing but do you think <laughs> it'll give me this week i have had helmets i have had gauntlets i've had chest pieces and i've had boots i've had all kinds of weapons pinnacle wise i cannot get the class item on my warlock and it's bugging me and it's been like that for about the last three weeks and I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, since the last Iron Banner, because that, that's the only thing I've needed. I mean, granted, I haven't played all the Pinnacle stuff for the last couple of weeks to try and maximize my, my thing. But you'd think at one point the game would go, hang on a minute, this guy just needs that class <laughs> item. But no. You know where that class item is sitting, don't you? Yeah. At the end of time. Gambit. i can't get it i can't get it in gambit anymore i can only get an exotic in gambit so there's no incentive no no there is extra incentive to go into gambit apart from the same incentive that there is to play your three crucible matches to play your three vanguard strikes it's the same with gambit maybe if they'd have left gambit as a pinnacle you would might have enticed more people to go ha hang on a minute that one's the pinnacle over there yeah, have that, have that be a place to <laughs> you have to go into to, to get that last piece you're looking for. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, yeah. That's why I always I always joke and say you know, never tell Destiny what you need because it's never going to give it to you. Never say, oh, I'm just <laughs> I just need this last weapon or I just need this last armor piece for this raid. Don't tell don't tell the game that. No, it will hold that against you. So you did you say you've been playing some Gambit this week with your your um, Ark Warlock? Um, I played yeah, I played a little bit of Gambit with my Ark Warlock. I yeah, mostly did the. Did the uh, ran a master master um, nightfall with blue the two of us and the arc warlock just just makes good times. Frosty actually joined us right at the end. We were we were oh, in the yeah. boss room getting getting our faces handed to us a couple of times and she's like, "Can I join you?" It's like you certainly can. She's like, "I'm only light level." It's like, "Yeah, it won't matter. You're you're just a respawn point at this time. You're you're, you're <laughs> just here to have a good time with us." So finish finish that one out. You know, ran ghost of the deep with you and finished that, which was did, yeah. nice to get that done. So now you're kind of familiar with that. How did you feel about Ghost of the Deep? It was pretty simple, wasn't it? It wasn't a, Ghost, a complex Ghost dungeon. The, yeah, Ghost of the Deep, the hardest part of that is agreeing on what you're calling the Hive symbols. Because I, yeah. you know, that's one thing I never learned doing, doing any of the, you know, Shattered Throne or any of those, like what, what all these Hive symbols were and like what people were calling them. So, because you know, there's a number of instances where I have to go look for this symbol. Like, you know, I basically, I have to, you know, hit a reveal spot, read a wall, saying, here are the three symbols we need. Go underneath, swim around to the water, run away from Steve, who's trying to murder you, and activate those three symbols. Going, now, which ones are, am I looking for? Which, which one is this thing? Oh, it's, you know, it's Kitty Cat. Okay, which one's Kitty Cat? Oh, this one's Turret. This one's, you know, you, you know, Jaunty Table. Okay, wh- wh- which one is that one again? Is it the one with the three dots on the top or the lines on the top? So, honestly, that was kind of the trickiest part is going, what symbol am I looking for? Yeah. But the rest of it was just, I mean, the first part is, you know, r- run around, shoot the lads, find the symbol, bring the ball back, dunk the ball, you know, in, in the place where the big symbol was. Like, I, I appreciated that we could do it and get a completion without doing it perfectly. Like, yeah. like there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a timer to it. There wasn't a, you've got three tries and we're going to wipe you mechanic. It's like, you know, I think the boss, 
the boss took us, I don't know, what, eight, you know, five or six or seven damage phases because some of them were better than others. And it's like, you know, we got it all done, but it didn't have to be perfect. And I like I that piece of the dungeon. It's, it's a challenging. Yeah. yeah, like it's it's challenging and it's fun, but it but it doesn't punish you for not being pitch perfect. No. And it is a dungeon that I could see that is quite soloable if you kind of work out your loadouts for each encounter. And now I, I know I've put a couple of guides in our show notes about going through and doing solo encounters in there, but it, it is a doable thing because there aren't things that where you have to kind of make sure that you're doing something in one place and something in another place Mm -hmm. or, you know, standing in one. The hardest one that I've got in my mind at the moment is the uh, pit of heresy where you have to stand on the plate with the shrieker above it to kind of generate it. You also then have to kill the knights and then run over and grab the knights with the balls and dunk the ball behind. But if you're too slow, the shrieker will kind of explode and blah, blah, blah. And then that is a sticking point in my mind. And then Shattered Throne, my my um, personal goal was to try and get past that blooming ogre. I knew that I could solo mm-hmm. it and I could get past the ogre once I could get past the ogre. And, and I found, you know, there were there were ways of doing that. And it was kind of just adjusting my build as I went through rather than kind of just sticking with one build. And I think that would work with this new dungeon as well. I think the only thing that I a solo player might find issue is trying to get the deep sight before the witch decides she's going to blast you before you can dunk your ball at the various different locations. I think that was quite hard because she knew that you wanted to go to that deep site. So she would be kind of just in that area and blasting you. So it it was nice to actually have a couple of other people there to kind of go, I've dunked my ball. Can you go and get the deep site so I can run the other way away from the witch? <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that was quite good fun. And yeah. now the other thing that I did this week, was I did a Nezarek run. So the, the Root of mm-hmm. Nightmares, I, I checked that box to say that I completed that raid, even though I have not been through the full raid. Donnie came in the chat one day and said, oh, I've got a Nezarek checkpoint. I was like, oh, okay, cool. We, we'll see if we can get a team together. We went on LFG on the Xbox and found a group that said, you know, we've only done it a couple of times, um, just looking for people to help, you know, be whatever. And they're like, okay, they've already got a checkpoint. We'll go and join them. Such good fun. And it is easy as like oh, i can't believe how easy it was i mean he did glitch out which also did help us kind of get it done but <laughs> the, mecha- the mechanics were pretty much you, you remember the opening of that raid i don't you know listeners might not kind of know but there's uh, kind of buffs and debuffs that you kind of collect through as you go through the raid now i think in the opening section it was just the buffs that we needed. So we had one player going, standing near an orb and shooting an orb to get a buff and then moving around to various different platforms to get this buff as we moved up the kind of in the, the main area. Now that happens in this final boss room, but there's kind of a dark side and a light side. And you have the two runners, one follows the light path, one follows the dark path. One guy has to get the aggro of Nezarak which was me, which was good fun because I hadn't used a sniper for a very long time um, in PvE. And then the rest, I think, were running around like headless chickens, just destroying enemies and getting, just following the, the kind of call-outs of come here, stand here, come here, stand there. And it was that simple. You know, I aggroed the boss. I shot his shoulders, called out the, the color that his kind of shoulders changed color to. It was either white or gold. And then when he kind of raises a hand in the air, a bit like um, Atheon does, shoot him in the chest. And then once I've done that, I've aggroed him. 
He then runs around the map after me for a couple of seconds. And then it was just literally rinse and repeat. The guys were going around collecting their, shooting their orbs and getting their buffs and debuffs. We stood on a uh, on a platform on one side where I'd called out the colour. Um, he kind of did a white mechanic. And if we were all in this safe area that kind of negated that. And then after that, it was kind of rinse and repeat, do that again. And then we got to a damage phase where he kind of screamed and then we just shot him a lot. And it was like, this is easy. This th- There's no... There's no hardness to it for an end boss in a raid. Uh, that was that was my kind of take on it. It was just like a lot of people could be doing this. Yeah, and that's I mean, and, and that's always been you know, like respawn tells me every time it's like, oh, we can get you into a raid. You can do this raid. I go, yes, no, I know I can. Like like the the issue is not the skill gap or understanding what to do. It's just finding the time and a group and putting it all together. Yeah, and then and then saying I can set together this, you know you know, call it two hours to get this thing done. You know, that's, that, that's always been my blocker is, is just the amount of time where, yeah, it's like, I want to say it, you know, it should take this long, but if it takes longer, I want to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's my, you know, that's what been my stumbling block of, I don't always have that extra time to get it done or the time I have is not the time other people have. And no. Yeah. Yeah, and I think and, that's, and, a, and, that's the thing with a lot of people, isn't it? And then when you look on LFG and they go, must know, must know this, must know that. And it's like, it's, Honestly, easy as compared to like Kingsfall, which I did the previous week, Blue dragged me into a, a Kingsfall uh, Oryx uh, checkpoint. Mm-hmm. And that has changed a bit compared to Destiny 1. Destiny 1, I remember, you know, you, you all had to kind of jump on your platforms to create the kind of mystic platforms as you ran around the top of the, whoever was taken got kind of had to run around this kind of uh, rally, relay race to grab the orb to kind yep. of drop down and then and do the night. Now it's kind of just two people have to step on plates. These two people step on, they, they call out which plates, you know, it's whichever one he kind of slams on normally. And That's then another one. terrifying as, as being chosen then have to run around these things while you're, you know, half invisible. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> again, he kind of still does that at random, but it's kind of, they call out the two platforms. They say, oh, it's, it's this one. And whoever jumps up on that platform then sees where the other platform should be. They call out the other platform. The other person jumps on and it's like, literally like three stepping stones. You jump up, and touch the orb and then you're, you're you're untaken again and then you do that a couple more times and then you get the mm. the debuff for the night that you slam and then you can body shot oryx and it's either i completely forgot about the bombs it was either bombs or the the, the thunderdome i completely forgot about bombs but yeah you know, just compared to the original destiny one versions of that i found that th- this one was a lot easier i'm not sure if if they've just been making the raids easier for people to get into and do in, in terms of complexity, is it complex, complexity, complexity, complexity. That's the word. Val the disciple and gone of salvation. I found a little bit more technical with what you kind of need to be doing. Cause there's a lot of kind of runes that you have to remember and shoot. And I don't know whether it's just because I was just being taken through it by Kingsley Mac and the guys when we did that run and they, they kind of knew what they were doing. It's like stand here, shoot that. If that turns into that and that I'm like, oh, okay, but you, you know, running <laughs> through the throne world, there are, that's kind of, there's those rooms that are just kind of full of symbols and you're like, Oh my God, how am I going to remember all of these? And I think those were a bit more complicated. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, the, the, Nezaret was, it was good fun. I mean, I, I didn't think, 
I, I kind of got a brief explanation from Noble before we went into it about how it would kind of would go down. And yeah, it's um, it's good fun. Nice. Yeah, it's good times. Yeah, that's. Uh, I definitely think fondly back on my catching up with people as they were getting off night shift and I was getting up for work and going and knocking out a vault of glass or a Crota's end or, you know, something run in the mornings before work. I definitely had more time to raid then and yeah, worked out better, but yeah. Yeah, well, that's why we have Respawn here to scream at you about how good rating is and <laughs> what exotics he's still missing. Yeah, I didn't get the exotic. I didn't even think about it until kind of the end, and a couple, a couple of guys got it in the in the uh, the goat nice. in the group. So yeah, I did get the Rufus's Fury, the auto rifle. So that was quite cool. I got that, that's, and then I got I could that's buy the one thing I want. <laughs> I then could buy <laughs> the red border from the chest at the end. So I've got two crafty things that i've got so that's pretty cool oh very nice yeah yeah i did i did catch up with uh blue screen and company right before this morning when we were recording he was on with uh uh caniner and dave and they were just just collecting spoils he's like hey we're collecting spoils come collect spoils with us <laughs> so so I, I now have one red bordered apex predator rocket launcher uh, and that's the ex- the only thing i've ever gotten out of last wish or the only thing i've ever done in last wish was go hit that one chest and collect spoils and then we collected another chest out of, I think, it was, again, the World on the Throne world, just another chest where I just got random armor pieces that I haven't even had a chance to look at them. Don't know if, if it's anything to write home about, but it was mm. nice to get a weapon out of this, at least. So, so you know, I now have one one Red Border weapon for Last Wish, and I can slowly work on that collection now. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember when that actually comes back around. Let me have a quick check. So if we've got, because I know the showcase is on August 22nd, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And we're currently in week nine. So the 25th will be week 10. The 1st of August will be week 11. Week 12 will be the 8th of August. So week 13 will be the 15th. So this, I think this is the first time for a while that we it hasn't stuck to doing 12 weeks. Yeah, and 13 weeks it is. I don't know. I show up. I play the game every week. Something new happens. Eventually, <laughs> it's something else new. I'm just, I, I'm just, I'm just a little, I'm just a little mouse on the treadmill, just, just running, just running ahead merrily, seeing what happens next. Well, if that is the case, that we've only got a month left of the season, and the season kind of resets, and we get uh, season twenty-two. Yeah, we get season twenty-two on the twenty-second of August with the showcase. That means that the last wish will be farmable again the week of the 15th of August. So if you want to kind of get in there and kill Callie a couple of times or a thousand times and get all your red boarded weapons, that'd be the week to kind of do it. There you go. Yeah. And speaking of raids and coming up to next season, I don't think Bungie are going to say much about next season at all for the next two to three weeks. Um, because I think they're going to wait till the, the showcase on the 22nd when the season drops to tell us what raid is back, what the season's going to be called, what we're going to be doing, and then, you know, go into the the final shape and, and beyond that. What do you think? Oh, like uh, 100%. They're going to wait until they can load us all into the hype train, have the hype train leave the station, and that's when we're getting their information. So everyone can make their reaction videos and their watch along videos, and we can all say, "Oh, Des- you know, Bungie did it again. They saved the game. Everything's great." 
Yeah, they're 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 <laughs> going to tell us you know nothing until then. Nothing until it drops. Uh, that I mean, I know from looking at the twelve this week or a couple of tweets that they they've put out that there's going to be another kind of Wednesday twelve going over like sandbox updates and things like that. But I think it, it's going to be quiet until we get to the twenty second. We're going to have very small twabs telling us you know a few morsels but i think they they are going to save that raid what do you think the raid that's coming back is going to be mm, do i think it's wrath of the machine <laughs> well people are saying that uh, i thought it was going to be wrath of the machine because when they said that some of the raids that they were going to reintroduce coming back if like their exotic is already in the game, which it is for Wrath of the Machine, because we've got the outbreak perfected, is that they would then have to kind of reintroduce. They'd have to kind of give us a new exotic. And I, you know, along with the rest of the community, we're going. Oh, you know, it's going to be Wrath of the Machine coming back because otherwise, they, why would they be telling us this if you know the other exotics aren't kind of in the game, kind of thing? Uh, well, apart from Leviathan, we've got the uh, Legend of Agrius, but. I, I don't see it being Leviathan. I just I don't see that one being as interesting or exciting as we were hanging out on the Leviathan, you know, the the, the physical place, you know, that ship for the longest time. Yeah. And and then running around in the room, it's like to do the raid after that would just seem I don't know, seem sort of anticlimactic. It's like, yeah, I've been here, I've run run around here. This is not anything exciting. I mean I mean it and and you know with the splicers and the siva and wrath of the machine, the, just visually that was a very fun raid and there was a lot going on and just you know again the big siege engine and the big giant set pieces, I think that would be good fun and I think that would be more interesting like Crota. Oh yeah, totally. I, I don't think there's I I think as I'm sure we've said and other people have said if they bring that back it's gonna be a dungeon like that's just not that's it's such a baby raid like it it is literally baby's first raid like that where people were soloing. Fairly mm. easily, yeah. <laughs> like, so I mean, yeah, I think it's. I feel like. I mean, I would like it to be Wrath. I mean, I, I would. Know well, yeah. what I would like it to be. I'm not gonna play it anyway, probably. But <laughs> I know many people would like it to be Wrath of the Machine. <laughs> I think the the thing is with Wrath Wrath of the Machine. Bungie have said that they're done with Siva, so people are now like, does that mean that we're not going to get Wrath of the Machine back? Or if we do get Wrath of the Machine back, do we then get it with the Scorn in? that raid they kind of replaced them but then mm. the end boss was kind of sievified and it was it right. was mainly a siva raid so i don't know what they do with that raid if it is coming back i really really would like it to come back but then i was listening to the last word podcast and i completely forgot that we had scourge of the past i mean i know respawn always love that one with the the sparrow race on it but i don't mm -hmm. hear a lot of people say that they want that one to come back and I mean, the the sparrow that was only available in that raid is in the uh, Monument to Lost Light in the tower. The exotic, which was the uh, grenade launcher, the uh, um, anarchy, anarchy, that is also in there as well. So, right. I mean, it, it kind of covers their base when they say, "Oh, you know, if the exotics are already acquirable in the game, or." such and such and we bring back another raid so you've got that you've got crown of sorrow which i absolutely loved that was that was a really good mechanic raid uh, i know a lot of people didn't like that and with that one we had terrible which i got from that raid that was fantastic 
And then we have, like you said, the Leviathan, but then we also have the two raid layers that came with Leviathan or after that. So do they make a mega raid and go Leviathan, uh, uh, what was it, Spire of Stars and Eater of Worlds and kind of amalgamate them and kind of just make this huge raid out of it and have where we went back on the Leviathan only like a couple of months back in that season, Season of Haunted, do we have an egregore kind of filled Leviathan? Is it going to kind of take on that story effect of that it's been affected? And so that means that the bosses and the mechanics are different in them. Yeah. I don't know. Like uh, it feels with the, with the raid layers. I mean, those were basically pre dungeon dungeons. So I yeah. don't, I don't see them bringing those back. I mean, and those, you know, it's not like those were like deeply beloved and people, you know, there's no, there's no fan petition. There's no cry for those to come back. People aren't saying, oh, please bring us back. We really, really miss and really, you know, mm. want to engage with these again. So, I mean, I, I mean, yeah. You know, and, and again, the Wizard of the Past is like, if it was in Destiny 2, I don't really see them, you know, bringing those back first. Yeah, maybe it's less work, but that's sort of the, you know, the, the, the draw is not there going, well, I, I've played this in Destiny 2 already. Like, you know, if you're going to bring me a reprised raid, reprise the raid and bring it to me not give me a raid that you just took away that was already here before yeah but that's the thing isn't it like if you're an original d2 player and you played those raids you you feel a little bit cheated that they're going to go oh by the way we're bringing these back in another season i mean admittedly you probably won't have to pay for them if you're kind of a free to play player then there's that whole controversy over the free to play kind of area of the game but whichever raid they do bring I see that they've got to do a lot of work to kind of bring it back into the game. So Leviathan, they've either going to kind of have to do a new exotic at the end and then, you know, the raid weapons, are they all going to be craftable? Like Last Wish is now kind of craftable and the other, they're slowly kind of getting round to those being red borders that you can then craft. Uh, Same with Crown of Sorrow. You've got to bring back the weapons and the exotic. You've got to put in a new exotic. Do you change the aesthetic of the raid? with the Egregore kind of faction in there, or do you just ignore what happened with Season of the Haunted and you just put it in the Legends tab and just say Vault of Glass, Kingsfall. But then they changed they changed those up slightly with the mechanics of it, which is what I don't get. It's like if it's a Legends raid or if it's a Legends dungeon or something, what why are they kind of changed? Whichever kind of raid they do bring back, they are going to have to change. I mean, Scourge of the Past, they'd have to change as well. Even with the Wrath of the Machine, a Crota. Crota is a perfect example, like you were saying. It's, it should be like a, a dungeon because it is so short. People can solo it. Possibly that's the, the route that they're going down because I know we've kind of spitballed about this, of like it, yeah, maybe extending it and having like different parts to it so that it could be a, an extended raid. I think, again, they're going to have to change it and, and put work into it. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those. With Crota specifically, like it sits, it sits so close to being a dungeon. Like it mm. just doesn't, you know. It, you know, it's like it's it's so it lives in that same space. I just don't see that that's the one they would put the time and effort to, to bring back. Hello, respawn. Speaking of bringing back, you meant to be on holiday. I am meant to be on holiday, but somebody said I wouldn't show up today, so I just had to prove a point. Okay. Yep. <laughs> oh, give us your um, hot take. Which raid is coming back? Which raid is coming back? Yep. Uh, the one where the, the giant sunball is chasing you. Scourge, Scourge of the, the past. past. 
Yes. Is that the one that you want to come back? Yes. Why do you want it to come back? If you've already got the sparrow and you've got the exotic. I don't care about the the, the sparrow and the exotic. Dude, the raid itself was fun. You know? I mean, the whole raid, I mean, the first part was kind of, you know, whatever, right? You you got the guy who reads the map and you got everyone running around like chickens with their heads cut off, which is kind of funny, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And then after that, you have the um, the the underground maze, which isn't a maze as long as you know where you're going. And then almost immediately after that, you have the unofficial Sparrow Racing League, where if you lose, you die. <laughs> and uh, after that, you get to fight a giant robot. Who doesn't like fighting giant robots? You know what I'm saying? What about a giant robot with Siva legs? And it's got a fallen attached to the top. Uh, I really love that one too. I would really <laughs> like that one to come back as well. Uh, but then you're faced with the same problem as Scourge of the Past, right? We already have the exotic. We have the exotic in the game right now, as a matter of fact. Yeah, you know yeah, no, I mean? no, we, we, we've already said that. Just so yeah. we're just getting your so hot if, if you're going to bring it back, what are you going to do? You know, what would you, what would you, what would you do? Would you have, and, and it's already got an, um, a catalyst too, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So you can't even give it a catalyst, right? You'd have to... Eva ornaments for everything. That's what I want. Not for a raid. Not for a raid reward, dude. Nah, bro. You need to have something tangible, something something good. If it's not going to be a weapon, then it has to be like another kind of like Scourge of the Past Sparrow, a really unique Sparrow, because we've only got two in the whole game that are like that. There's the one from Scourge of the Past, and there was one from the, what, Halloween special event? Yeah. That's got the same perk where less, enemies are less likely to shoot you. But the scourge of the past is faster than every other bike currently, right? Mm-hmm. So you know you'd have to come up with something tangible like that that people are going to want to get their hands on. And even then, a sparrow is not really high on a lot of people's list. You know, no. I would say if you bring that back, maybe have I don't know an exotic class item as a reward, maybe. Maybe you know is, is, is that where you bring back the exotic class items where like you know you, you punched an ogre and it became your friend and start bringing those back no in the that's game, the so artifacts yeah, those huh? were the artifacts those were the artifacts we're gonna yeah but no i mean e- even if you did that right so you could have you could have them bring back an exotic which is automatically gonna be the um the one with the extra slot for the three points in any stat what's it called artifice uh huh Artifice, yeah. It's immediately got an artifice slot, right? Oh, yeah. Then that's good, then. Yeah. We'll have that. And, yeah. That'll do. So. Yeah. And whichever node you select on it, it gives you more XP towards maybe Crucible, Gambit, or Strikes. Or something like that. Raids and Dungeons. That'd be a neat little reward. I don't know if it's quite raid level, but it'd be... I mean, mean, the, the whole thing... In itself was an experience, man. Or maybe, ooh, they can bring back the original swords, like the the dark drinker, the rays lighter, and the uh, the arc one, whatever the hell that was called. You know what I'm saying? I the dark know. drinker mm-hmm. is 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 for those of you that don't know, the dark drinker is the guillotine's grandfather, right? But it's just way better, <laughs> you know. And, like, for the Dark Drinker, let's say, because, I mean, it's basically just a better guillotine, right? For its exotic perk this time around, instead of it just spinning like a top, maybe if you're on a Void subclass, as you spin, you also get, like, maybe a Void bubble to protect you while you're spinning. You know what I'm
can you guess for the 500 points or 400 points, because that's that's the light level it is in Destiny 1, what the other sword is called? Give you a clue that our swords do it in Destiny 2. It's a perk. Arc Slinger? <laughs> Close. Um, it's something like that. I can't remember what it was. I know it had Arc in the name. Boltcaster? Boltcaster, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Boltcaster, raised light. I never got the Boltcaster. I had the raised lighter and the dark drinker. The Boltcaster, no, I, I never got three. it. I never really liked it. Huh? You had to have all three. Or, you know, you no. could... What about bringing back the, the other two variants of the Thunderlord? So we had the Nova Mortis, which was the Void version, and that had that perk of negative rounds, which the weapon fires... Mm -hmm. Faster and more accurately, the longer the trigger is held down, which is what kind of Thunderlord's got now. But it was kind of well, no Thunderlord. Thunderlord. Thunderlord doesn't do it like that. Thunderlord is every time you get a crit, it fires faster, and both no, no. of lightning come down. Yes, no, but it, the, the, no, but it's it's got a hidden perk. That the the longer that you hold down the trigger, uh, it fires more accurately, and you know the fires faster. And yeah. okay. trust me, it's a hidden perk. I've seen a video of it right. this week. I'm not doubting you. You had the Nova Mortis, which was the Void version of Thunderlord, and then you had the Abaddon, which was the the Solar version, right? So yeah, or right. What about what about bringing back the Dragon's Breath? That would be amazing. Like I said, but everyone's sweating the Dragon's Breath, but the Dragon's Breath really doesn't do all that much without the Tychonaut. You know, it, it the Tychonaut has it's... to come back. No, it doesn't. If you were good with the dragon's Dude. breath, you were just good with the dra dragon's breath. Trust me, bro, bro, bro. I'm telling you, bro. But the Tychonaut gave it tracking and did other stuff to it too. I forgot. I think it also increased heavy drop rates or whatever, right? And and there, and keep in mind, guys. I'm I I know I'm vetting for a Titan exotic to come back, but it was a really good one <laughs> for this rocket launcher. You know, all rockets. All rocket launchers gain tracking. Radar remains visible while zooming in with heavy weapons, and heavy ammo drops are more often. Uh, see, air, air that was two control. out of three. Yeah, I was two out of three. Right. So yeah, dude, the Tychonaut. Oh man, back in the day, because back in the day, I wasn't so anti-Titan. I didn't play Titan as much, but it was, it was just because I liked Hunter more, not because I disliked Titan. But whenever I had to do raids or activities where my Titan was the only one left. Oh, you better believe I was rocking Tychonaut Dragon's Breath 100%. <laughs> it's just so fun. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, the Dragon's Breath's okay. I mean, having Napalm all over the place is fun. But what made it really good, what made it really potent, was the ammo drop rate of that Tychonaut, right? You could you could fire off all your rounds for the freaking Dragon's Breath, have Napalm covering the map, go around, pick up more heavy ammo, do it again, I mean, it was just, it's the best thing to happen to D1, dude, is that combo. I'm sorry, it's, that's my opinion, but bam. Mm. Or, you know, cool. then you had your, you had your, your class-specific weapons, like you had the hunter with the sniper rifle. No, we don't that want those when you, when you sni When you sighted in, you went invis, that was cool. You had the titan with the shotgun that while you were in your bubble, you did not consume ammo. Remember that? Yeah. And then the Warlock had a submachine gun that did a thing. I don't remember. 
We'll, st- we'll stick the middle and beyond on there, and we'll be all set. Yeah. Dude, people were joking about that. There, people actually want that to come back, and I'm like, are you serious? They're like, no, dude, that's... It might not have any scopes on it, but it hit hard. I was like, you're, you're, you're daddy. Um, people, people love their things. So the Titan shotgun was the Immobius. We had the, what was it? The sniper rifle. Did you say was the other one? Yeah. You know, no, yeah. The, for the hunter. Yeah. The, the, oh, the hunter one. Yeah. And like the cool thing is you could not equip them on the other classes, just like in D1, how you, how we have class specific glaives, right? You can't equip each other's glaives or whatever. It was the same thing back then, but like these weapons were like like really specific to their characters, you know. Hunters were invis, Titans just had infinite ammo in a bubble, and warlocks. I don't know, theirs did a thing. I don't remember what theirs did, but they did a thing. Just bring me back my ruined wings, and we'll be all set. <laughs> what is that? I don't know what that is. Heavy ammo it generates heavy ammo for you. <laughs> well, I mean that's just the Tychonaut. Well, well. It's, it's it sounds like a cheaper version of the Tychonaut. Yeah, heavy ammo drops more often and contains more ammo in each drop. Oh, that was the that, that was the other required. I, I've got my D one vault pulled up and dim because I would not have remembered <laughs> half of what was so there. Is, otherwise, is that like a is that a chest piece or arms or what? Yeah, Titan gauntlets. Gauntlets that were yeah. practically required. You're running a thing. You're gonna need ammo. Flap those on and go to town. Just noticed on my my Destiny One um, vault, I've got three boxes of tiny raisins, and it says what, why, <laughs> and then I have. Of course, no, you it, do. Get, it gets better. I've got two ascendant raisins. It's like why? And yeah, one toothbrush. Just just looking no, no, through my vault, there is so there is so much here. You know, Bungie. Here, Bungie. I will make you. Do, I will. I will clean out my D One vault if you will give me that room in D Two because there's a lot of there's a. A lot of stuff sitting in here. I do not need. <laughs> it doesn't need to be here. I have. I have so many. I have so many heavy ammo synths sitting in this vault. I'm all set. I'm all set to run Crota. We're good. Mm. <laughs> Crota. Uh, I've got two pieces. Is that, of, is, is, two pieces of story sweets. No, no. There's no rumor. No, we, we, no, we were just no, discussing. No, we were just saying. Yeah, they're bringing something back. So we were saying, what would you like to come back? What do you think they'll bring back? So that's why we need your hot take. Yeah. Because whichever one they do bring back, it's going to need a major rework on either the the raid itself and the mechanics, if it's an older raid, uh, weapon sets, exotics. It, it's a lot of work to bring something back. And if it's an old D1 raid, they've got to get into the D2 engine kind of for us to play, not kind of copy and paste. True, and you got to make sure that that, well, this is my opinion, but they also have to make sure that it comes back in a way that is not uh, Gallahorn or the Last Whisper. Not Last Whisper. Um, Black Hammer. Yeah, right. The because yeah. because you bring it back in its original glory, knowing that it was broken in D one in that same exact way, and then you nerf it in the exact same way that you didn't. I will never not be upset about that. That is one of the biggest things that. Me off in, 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 in Destiny. You knew. You knew it was broken. And you gave everyone a taste of what it was and then took it away. Just like you did in D1. That is infuriating. But, you know, either way, if you're going to bring something back from D1 like that, make sure that you bring it back in such a way that we still get a taste of what it was in D1 without it being overpowered and immediately being nerfed. You know? 
Mm. Just give it a 67% boost in PvE and you're all set. Yeah, I mean, I'm still a big fan of the icebreaker. You know, six-round magazine, you get a bullet every five seconds or ten. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's definitely things they've said where, you know, things that break the ammo economy aren't coming back. And while I would love to see that back, too, that's one sniper rifle I would willingly use. Yeah, the chances are slim and none. Yeah, but, I mean, okay, so you get one shot every ten seconds. It's not like you're going to have, like, infinite ammo on demand. You know what I'm saying? You got six shots you're going to burn through, and then you got to wait a minute to get all six shots back. You know? I so, think, I mean, to be honest, that they try. That that, I think they were going to bring it back because remember when we had the ritual weapon, the sniper that generated ammo if you missed a shot. I think that mm-hmm. that was them testing the waters yeah. to see how if it could be brought back. And when they found out that it was being used nefariously, they were like, "No, we're going to nerf that," but, but that and then just not even talk that, about icebreaker. But that's that works completely different. That's if you miss. Mm-hmm. After what one second, you get the round back, and if you fire again, you get another round back. That next second, you're talking about getting a round every second versus every ten, you know. So essentially, that's ten times better than the icebreaker. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> saying that, but I think that was them just testing the waters for that kind of returned ammo economy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I mean, and they did give us reconstruction, which is basically that but it's just on weapons with you know already infinite ammo you know you're refilling, and, and refilling that, your mag from you know every four seconds when you're not firing it you know sitting in, you know but it's not it's not pulling bullets out of the i mean well it's pulling kinetic bullets out of the air because all of them come out of the air but you know it's pulling pulling them from somewhere and even even like you know with your know, reconstruction on other things with greener or uh, heavy ammo it's still pulling from somewhere, but it's not just going to pull like forever and ever and ever. It's still pulling from your reserves. It's pulling from your reserves, yeah. Yeah, it's not infinite if it's special or heavy. And uh, we were talking offline the other day about the Universal Remote. They're like, man, I wish that was back. It's like, why? Universal Remote is basically a worse version of Reconstruction, you know? Except, except you get the same problem as the Icebreaker. Universal Remote gave you free ammo for a while, right? And then I think they nerfed it so that it pulled from your reserves. And at that point in time, it's the worst version of reconstruction. You know? Yeah. Auto loaded yeah, holster would be better I mean, than the universal remote at this point. You know yeah, what I'm there, saying? There's so many, yeah, there's so many things that were exotic perks in D1 that are just rank and file weapon perks now. Or you know, or yeah. raid weapon perks now. I mean, even you know, reconstruction and rewind rounds can roll outside of raids. It's like they're just things you can just get now. So it's like, yeah. you know, bringing it, it's gonna be hard to bring a lot of these exotics forward in an exciting way. I would much rather say Let's create a new exotic for this. And I can't, I feel like I remember hearing Chris Proctor talking about this on maybe when he was on either on Destiny Massive Breakdowns or PVE or one of the podcasts, but I don't remember if they said, you know, I don't remember if, if he, if he said one way or the other, or if just sort of mentioned like, Hey, we're thinking about, you know, again, thinking about this problem of the exotic is out there. So what do you, you know, what carrot do you put at the end of that string? Is it a new exotic? Is it something else we're going to build? Is it, you know, just, a really good set of weapons that people will want to go for. You know, what's that, what's that big draw to go run this raid again? Sure. I mean, obviously you'd have to revamp the weapons, you know, that that's, that's, that's a no brainer, right? You'd have to, you'd have to revamp the weapons that originally came with that raid, but you know, that, I mean, I would say, I would think that that goes without saying the big problem is what's the carrot at the end of the state. What, 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 why do you want to beat the boss? Why do you want to get to the end of the boss? Well, you want an exotic of some kind, right? 
whether that be that exotic class item or an exotic weapon or something. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, I I just don't even know, man. No matter what raid they bring back, I just don't want them to bring back Crota, man. I mean, I want a fun. If you're gonna bring back a raid, bring back a fun raid. Everyone wants this whole nostalgia of, of bringing back Crota and this and that and the other. I want because they want to go up with the sword. They want to be the guy who solos Crota again. You know, they want to go up with the sword, uh, solo Crota, and be like, "Yeah, beat my chest because I did a thing." Cool. Anybody can do that, right? I don't want that raid. I want I want a fun, enjoyable raid. And the only ones that I think were actually fun was uh, Wrath of the Machine and. Um, the one with the Sparrow Racing League that I always forget, even though it's my favorite. Courage of the Past. You know? <laughs> Courage of the Past, thank you. Yeah, those were actually fun raids. And then, like 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 you said, you just got to come up with the chaos at the end of the stick. You know? Revamp the weapons, cool. Give the weapons uh, perks from the new pool, cool. And then what do we do for the exotic? You know? Boom. Maybe we can give them uh, uh, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of speculation, but either way, I just not, not Crota. Come on, just Please not, Crota. Was boring then. It's boring now. You know, unless they do something to really, really, really change it. In which case, it's not really Crota anymore, anyway, right? And you know, you, I don't know. I just, I just, I have a bad taste in my mouth for Crota. I just, I don't want it to come back. It's not that, that it was a bad raid or anything. It just there are better ones out there. There are more fun ones out there to bring back. That's not Crota. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a. Lot. That's sort of where we landed too. It's like the Crota is just not, you know, Crota and and like the raid layers are just not exciting enough, not interesting enough to bring back. Right. And like Scourge, you know, uh, not Scourge, but yeah, Wrath of the Machine is sort of you know another big beautiful raid with really cool set pieces to bring back and sort of complete that. Hey, here here here's sort of like the good beloved ones we've brought back. And Crota is such a dungeon, like it doesn't make sense as a raid in Destiny Two when we have dungeons. True. That is some of the raid layers. It's like raid layers are also just dungeons. I mean, it's all. I mean, I could. You know, maybe there's a maybe there's a world where they say like here's the Crota and raid layer or Leviathan and raid layer dungeon and raid pack that they bring back as a thing. Now I'm not saying they should, but I'm saying if you're going to bring those back, you know, bundle those together as something, or or bring them back together across three seasons. Hey, the final shape. Da da da. You know. Three seasons, you get the raid, and then the two layers. But again, I don't see them bringing those back because I just don't think the demand is there, and the time and investment could, to revamp those doesn't seem worth it. Could you combine them? Well, right? yeah, that's what the right. nineteen was saying too. Is just do one, oh, like one mega raid, or or yeah, or take Crota and expand it out. But I, I much rather have. I think we much rather have new things, not retread old content. So you know, you know, you know, give me the thing updated. Release it. Don't spend all this time revamping an old thing just to have a, a twist on the old thing that is still just the old thing, kind of. So, like, when you, when you say, like, a mega raid, like, I was thinking of something like you do Crota, and after you've killed Crota, you you need to go from Crota ship to the Taken King ship, right? So you go from one hive ship to another hive ship to take that hive god out, right? So <laughs> you've taken two of the smaller raids and combined them together to make a larger raid you know is that what you were talking about or you were talking about something else i've got speed run yeah i've got speed run yeah all of them in succession boom 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 (laughs) well do you think they'll do like uh the underbelly of the leviathan and go right you 
we're bringing Crown back when, and we're bringing the the two raid layers back as one mega raid now. But say say you started with Eater of Worlds and you cleared out the engine first. You then moved on to Crown of Sorrow, and then Spiral Stars was like at the top of the ship. You kind of completed that. Maybe they kind of ah, combine those. That's three. not bad. And that's all one raid, right? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Or or you know, for the people that don't know their way, right? Wherever you end up, you're like, oops, we're doing, looks like we're doing Spire Stars first. <laughs> you know? Two doors like, enter, and you load, load you into one or the other. <laughs> right? Well, depending on where you go, right? Like, like you could choose which one, which order you want to do it in, right? You want to do Spire of Stars first? Boom, go do that. You want to do freaking, um, what's his face? Fight him as the robot? Um, Callus? You want to do, you want to do that one? Boom. Do that one. You want to do Eater of Worlds? Boom, do that one first, right? Depending on how you navigate the belly determines which order you do the three raids in, you know? And for those people like me that get lost, it's always a surprise. What are we going to do? I don't know. What's behind this door? Oh, look at that. It's it's this one. Great. (laughs) A little more incentive to have map awareness, I guess. Hmm. But yeah. What what you said is a good idea to, to do it in order. I just think it would be you know, I like to mess with people. So in order to mess with people, there's no specific order. It's it's wherever you navigate to first. You you have, you know, A side, B side, and C side, which is, you know, the three raids. And whichever place you navigate under the belly first is which one you do. You know? Azura shows up. There's three plates. You stand on the three plates. One of them opens a door, and that's the one you're doing. Yeah. That'd be too easy, though. Oh, you gotta navigate to it, man. You gotta, well, you gotta go through the belly well, of the beast. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, you get through the end, but then it gets you, you get through the the thing, and then you you get the three plates in there, and also just you know it's already in the game, so they wouldn't do this. But <laughs> yeah, your plate. Take your pick. Yeah, and then have like the underbelly actually be like 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 dangerous, you know? Instead of you just hopping through and you know doing your thing. Well, now you gotta worry about turrets, and now you gotta worry about enemies, and now you gotta worry about falling platforms, you know, it's not just a jumping puzzle, it's it's a jumping puzzle actively trying to kill you, you know? That would be... Actually, I think I've just pissed off a lot of people by saying that, so I take it back. <laughs> the jumping puzzles are hard enough, we don't need them trying to kill us. <laughs> One thing that I didn't realize this week until I... I, I either heard it on, like, a, a guide or a, just a video or another podcast was that... The exotic mission that you can do through Deep Dive, I think it was through the last word actually, was that I didn't realize that the debuffs that you get at the beginning of the screen where it says, you know, you're loading into Deep Dive and here are the debuffs that you've got against you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I wanted, or, to know, I wanted you to elaborate on that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I messaged you guys in the chat because I thought I've got to remember this to tell people on the show. So each week it will change depending on what the debuffs are on that screen when you load into deep dive to say you know take an enemy to do more damage or x amount you know we've got chafe on we've got this on those actually carry across into that exotic part of the mission which i didn't realize until oh. i was kind of told that your buffs do not carry across that you kind of get from asha aska asa they don't get carry across, monster. but the debuffs yeah. do carry across. Because yeah, because the first week so, that it kind of came out, I, I was getting frozen by some of the kind of taken blasts. I'm thinking, 
And then looking back on it this week, because unfortunately, Parody, you weren't there, but we managed to get Donnie through his um, exotic mission. Me and Noble took him through. And nice. I wasn't getting frozen, but I, I think I was getting burnt a lot more this week. And I hadn't paid any attention to those debuffs. Mm. So just to make people aware, if you're going to do that exotic mission through the deep dive, pay attention to that opening screen because that will also have an effect on your exotic mission. That is, yeah, that's good to know. Because, yeah, that, that, yeah I'd only tried the one week where everything was freezing me. And it's, yeah, just... Mm-hmm. To sit there, I mean, it was like it was like when Stasis released in the in the Crucible all over again. Just sitting there, being frozen, being killed, being frozen, being killed. It's like do yeah. anything else to me, and I can combat that except for you know suspend me to strand. Thankfully, they don't they don't have the trick. Not yet. yet. Not but yet. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah, I I I'd much rather have anything else happen to me because because that I can combat. But yeah, that that final boss room where it kind of it, it's pitch black and you've got all those enemies and you're getting frozen every five seconds and then he's just coming along and stomping you like oh my god. But yeah, yeah, I did yeah. not realise that that has an effect on it. So I just thought I'd kind of make sure great. that people are aware of that. Yeah, I just need to spend some time going back in there and get the scout rifle that everyone's deeply in love with. Just kidding. Well, sort of in love with. I've seen videos like Respawn said last week, people loving it, people hating it, and then Bungie coming out and saying, it's going to get a buff of some kind, or we're going to change it to make it a little bit more kind of user-friendly or make people use it a lot more. But I've yeah. been killed by it in PvP. People still love it in PvP. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely, I saw it in Iron Banner. People, yeah, you know, you know, in in disjunction, nice wide open map, pop, pop, pop across me, you know, mm-hmm. across the world with the lovely new toy. Yeah, and I figure, you know, I, I need to have it so I can put it into my vault. I mean, it's it's no Dead Man's Tale, but yeah, it still it still looks like it could be a good one. Yeah. So, is this the only gun in Destiny that can freeze people on hit in PvP? Not freeze slow it slows people on hit and then if they keep getting shot then they get frozen right i know other guns can freeze in pvp but is this the only one that can slow in pvp mm, i've no idea possibly i don't know because i don't use stasis but it, it, you have to land the precision hits to get the slow so normally i mean for some people on- that's not hard <laughs> but it hits it's, uh, yeah it depends on what your resilience is in pvp because you know you get three tapped with this thing and you're out of it but it, 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 you could slow the next person uh oh, i see fair enough yeah all right gents well i appreciate you asking for my my two cents uh we're about to drop off the puppy chow and pick up the crew and go to the beach don't forget so, the dollars don't forget the what $100 for what? What follows is a brief construction montage. Hopefully we will get to your email next week. I do apologize. I I had kind of read it and then missed bringing it up on the last couple of shows. But we will get to your responding to your email next week, hopefully. I was going to bring it up this week, but the show was a little long. But trust that I will bring it up next week. It's, it's in the chat. It's right in my face. And if he doesn't bring it up, I will. Right, so we got you, Mom. Don't uh, worry. I, I, need, I need to ask you a quick question. I will no. wager one hundred dollars. Respawn does not, in fact, bring it up unprompted next week. Really? Yeah. I, 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 you're going to have to pay him now because you've already told me you're on holiday next week. Hang on, he's thinking about it now. He's thinking. <laughs> oh me? Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Told me you're on holiday oh, next you week. Think, if you think that I won't open up a laptop on the middle of the <laughs> beach to win a hundred bucks, you are out your damn mind. <laughs> 
do I take this bet and believe he'll remember or see see someone? I, I, well, do I do I think he'll remember? Not necessarily. Do I think someone will remind you? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's what I can't count on. I would hope Looking so. You, <laughs> if I forgot, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the hundred dollars. Oh, yeah, yeah. His parody owes me a hundred dollars. That's right. Yeah. Then, are you coming uh, back? <laughs> What were you saying? I showed up. Are you coming back? To the show? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. Not today. I mean, not today. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> oh, no, the next no, no, show. No, yeah. yeah, that's what I was like. Are you going to come back to the show? Are you going to go to the beach and then come back? That's that's what I was just checking. Nah, dude. Once we hit the beach, it's, it's basically it's that's beach. it. Well, okay. Thank yeah, you very much beach. for popping in and seeing us. Enjoy yeah, the beach. Yeah, well, of course, man. I wouldn't miss it for the world. Well, you would. Yeah, maybe. Go. Okay, bye. Deuces. Deuces. <laughs> so now he's gone, we can remind him that he was going to get the $100 only if he remembered to come in and read the email. Nothing to do mm-hmm. with popping in and seeing us. Right. I was going to say, yes, you showed up, but that you was didn't not remember the, the email. That was not the agreement. No. no. There you go. So well, you've lucked you know. out, Respawn. I wasn't going to remind you, and I certainly parody wasn't going to remind you. <laughs> no, that, that defeats the purpose entirely. But we, we we do have some more Destiny stuff to go over. Like you said, we've got we had Destiny Two Update Seven Point One Point Five this week. We did. Now, we did go through some of these over the last couple of weeks when they said they were going to change some of the like weapons and and stuff. Is there anything in there that we kind of didn't go over? I don't know if we didn't go over. You know, you know. Fix some spawn things and trials, which is always good times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did fix, you know, again, if you've been playing Terminal Overload and it was, you know, stopping at stage three, that should be fixed now. Uh, you know, Guardian rank icons are things that are there. Uh, past rank 100 doing things, fix some Eververse things that weren't working. Nothing too terribly exciting, you know, different glows, different textures, those have been fixed. Really, the important thing is that your, your Graviton Lance now does 67 percent more damage in pve that's yep. really that's really all you need to know but out of this patch i mean it's like it, it truly was just like a, a patch of you know fixed fixed a lot of different random things little things here little things there i'm glancing through this to see if there's any other like big headline like hey you should be aware of this I mean, the things uh, like these, the abilities, they said they, they fix or reduce the maximum overshield from 100 hit points to 50 for Whisper of Rhyme, which I think they did kind of tell us. Whisper of Change, they reduce the damage in PvP from 15 to 5. Uh, non-player combatants now deal 50% damage to Whisper of Rhyme overshields. Things like that, they kind of did go over. And the Strand, the Threaded Spectre, the Flexing Storm, and the Wanderer will now display unique icons in the kill feed in the PvP activities, because obviously you needed to know what you were getting killed with. Uh, they fixed an issue where the Threadlings were colliding with detonators near Supremacy Crest, and they fixed an yeah. issue where the Wandering Aspect, where the Wanderer Aspect, erroneously showed the Threadlings flying flying out tutorial. Huh. Yeah, yeah. They they did also, you know, it answered the question we we had of what about the cosmology rounds in the in the Graviton Lance. So mm-hmm. you know they did reduce the damage to players by forty four zero percent. In PVE though, the cosmology damage remains unchanged. Yes, so PVE. Does. Cosmology round, same thing. 67% damage buff. In PvP, the cosmology rounds were decreased by 40, 40%. And they removed the extra aim assist provided by the Catalyst. So, 
it's still a ridiculous monster in PvE. PvP, it's well, now, you it's know... It's more than a monster now. It's, it's able it's to a, be fought against. Yeah, a monster with many heads. And I will yeah. link a video by Fallout Plays who goes over the damage numbers and shows you what it can kind of do in PvE. And he's got a couple of good builds at the end of his video for you to kind of check out. He also went through all the different changes with the weapons. He did a video on those. I mean, like he oh, said, I Fighting think, Lion, yeah. where they fixed an issue where the perk wasn't working from the Catalyst, but he was like, um, well, yeah, yeah that should have been working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're no time to explain, you know, they reduced the range to that by 10. Navigator fixed an issue where the perk timer wasn't showing that your perk timer was up. Cerberus plus one reduced damage to stasis crystals because someone's out there running their Cerberus plus one. And they did, you know, if you've got things with the gut shot straight, slick draw and target lock, those changes have gone into effect. Yes. Your gut shot straight now reduces your auto aim penalty by 37.5%. Same thing, the auto aim penalty on slick draw is now reduced by 33%. And your, your target lock, the maximum damage versus players, so PvP, went from 40 to 25%. Your damage in PvE remains unchanged. So if you've got your favorite retrofit escapade that everyone taught, said, hey, this is what you need for the boss fight to get your Wicked Implement and Scout Rifle, that will remain unchanged. They just took it down in PvP, so the Immortal no longer destroys all things with target lock from here until the end of time. Amen. Mm. But, with the Gutshot Straight getting a buff, Destiny Fun Police this week put out a really cool video. So the Amit AR2 is a craftable auto-rifle that I believe that you get as part of the crafting quest when you go to, I think it's yes. when we loaded up one of the seasons, it suddenly went, here's a couple of weapons, here's how to do crafting. And the Amit AR2 was an auto rifle, a solar auto rifle that we were kind of given and gone, go and craft this. Now, Destiny Fun Police has done the testing in PvP and shown you how good a gut shot straight like, auto rifle can be in PvP now. And it's amazing. I mean, he's he's got his to, I think, level whatever, so he can get the enhanced perks on there. So if you can get it to, I think it's level 17, it fully unlocks, that you can then go and put the enhanced perks on there. But even even without that, the, the normal gut shot is working pretty good in PvP. And then I've, I got a Void one to drop. The Positive Outlook is a Void auto-rifle, same archetype, it's a precision frame auto-rifle, the same as the AR2. And that came with Gutshot Straight and Perpetual Motion and a, a range of 79. So it had more range th than what I'd crafted my ammo at. But again, that was doing really well and it had high caliber rounds. So it was flinching people. So I've now got two of these weapons that are doing really well in PvP. And I actually took them into trials. And if I wasn't facing a trials god, uh, even then I was, I, was, I was still kind of getting good damage on people and, and getting a few kills here and there in one-on-one -on -one engagement so that was quite nice so yeah if you've got an amit ar2 or look out for the positive outlook which is just a random drop i think i got from something and just happened to show, have a look on it and it showed me the gut shot straight and i was like yep yeah, i'm gonna keep that one but then i'm gonna kind of slowly level up the amat so i can get the um, enhanced perk on there so have you Very tried nice. the gut shot on the the auto rifles yet i hadn't and that's and i don't th i don't think i have any with it currently, but yeah, and that's what I was just looking down. So yeah, when you aim down sights, increases your body shot damage. So basically, gunshot straight is for the rest of us. Going, I'm not going to hit those crits, but I can hit you. Absolutely, I can hit you. 
So yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't have it. I did see that video and I saw I saw people I saw it dropping on the positive outlook, or at least I, I saw the positive outlook dropping. And and I think the Emmet is also just a, wor- a world drop at this point. You know, open engram, you have a chance to get one. So if mm-hmm. you know either of those auto rifles drop for you, you know, at least take it take a peek and see if it rolls with the uh, rolls with a gut shot. I mean, I've got an out of bounds uh, arc submachine gun that has got gut shot straight on there. And then having a look through the rest of the stuff that I've got in my vault, there was the Whistler's Whim, which was the bow that you could get from Trials, which we, when we discussed Trials coming or getting stuff from the Trials Engrams last week, I think it was, you can still get that from the Trials Engrams. Now, I think the role that it must have been Cool Guy, I think, was telling us about was gut shot straight and killing wind. Now, I haven't tested it yet, but I'm I'm looking forward to taking that into PvP and testing that out to see how kind of that does now, because it was doing really well back then, and now with the buff to gut shot, I'll see how that goes. And then Miss 5000 Watts on the DCP podcast was saying that sidearms are really good, as well as submachine guns, but sidearms with gut shot straight are really good. And I've got uh, an ally demanded mm. from Iron Banner with gut shot straight nice. and rangefinder on there. So I might try and take that one into trials. And then recently I got a Boudicca C, which was just a, a random well drop with gut shot on there and slick draw. But I don't know how that's going to pair well. So I'll try those and see how those go. But yeah, no. the, the, the well, you have to combine like 66% more auto aim at this point <laughs> between those two perks <laughs> and getting their buffs. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, the slick draw says that it, it um, significantly increases the handling, but uh, decreases the target acquisition. And then, yeah, like with the, the gut shot, it increases the the, uh, the aim down sight's uh, damage and decreases the target acquisition. So maybe I've got no target acquisition. It'll be all over the place. <laughs> but we'll see how that goes. You know. <laughs> but it might work out better. Yeah. So so if you were also running to your favorite uh, you know, D2 foundry or D2 gunsmith to say, can this roll with incandescent things? No, because gut shot is in the same, same perk. Slot. That's the word. Gosh. Perk slot. Yeah. Struggling. Yeah. 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 So Gutshot is in that fourth slot along with incandescent or repulsor brace. So it can't roll alongside those two. Uh, it can roll alongside some things like you know, surplus, ambitious assassin, triple tap, and uh, dynamic sway reduction. You might want on your auto rifles, but you're not going to set people on fire and shoot them in the gut for more damage. Yeah. Now, one thing that I I don't we don't normally talk about Zer, but one thing I did notice from Zer this week from checking out the Zer videos is that he's got a a couple of craftable weapons that you can put the red borders on. So these red borders that you get from your I can't remember the name of them now. You oh, yeah, the harmonic harmonic oh, something. Yeah, to, yeah. I can see the picture. In deep my head, sight but... harmonizer. The deep sight yes. harmonizers. You get five in the season pass this season i think there's three on the paid track and two on the non-paid track i didn't realize you can only pick up one at a time so you can't pick up all five and keep them in your inventory so one Mm. at a time you can add a red border to a weapon that says you can add a red border to so for example i got the rufus's fury from the raid this week and on that it says that i can add a red border to it now the one that i bought from the chest afterwards that wasn't a red border it says that i can't so some some of the craftable weapons you can there are were certain kind of restrictions to stop people from buying them but i think that you can go to Zer, and i think the gunsmith this week also had i think he had an oar stringer 
and and Dis- uh, Destiny Fun Place visited him, but couldn't see the red border thing when it came to purchase. And I I went there as well. I was like, no, there's no no red border thing, but it is a craftable weapon. So I don't know if that was one of the restrictions that you can't buy it from Banshee because you could purchase multiple rolls of it. I think that was the thing, wasn't it? You can't purchase it. It has to be a drop to get the the window to say, oh, you can add a red border to it. So I'm going to mm, go to okay. Zer and see if I can pick up. I think it was Tears of Contrition, which is the scout rifle from Season of the Haunted that I'm missing two patterns from to add oh, a red border. I, would, I wouldn't it. say you're missing it, but yeah. You, 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 you do need to add it to the collection so it can be theoretically craftable. So one day you yes. could craft if you wanted to. Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah, I saw the same video and he was saying, you know, it was, he was saying, you know, like, I'm not sure if it's because I already have my Allstringer unlocked is why it's not showing it to me. Yeah. But it does appear that now, now, do you have yours unlocked as well? Yes. Like, yeah, as a craftable thing? And yeah, because I do as well. I was going to say, none of us can check and triple check this, but yeah. So, you know, if you've got the materials, go visit Banshee. You know, if, if when he sells it again and apply a red border to it, or if not, just uh, wait for it to come up from Zer. Yeah, that's, if, if no other reason, that's why I watch Fallout's one minute Zer video each week. One, because I like my, my content condensed into a perfect minute. And also, he tells me exactly what I should care about or what I shouldn't. Yes. You know, we do have this week in Destiny for the 20th of July, 2023, all about we, Solstice. We, we can still call it the TWAB. Well, I'm, I'm going with DCP on this one. We're going to stick to calling it the TWAB. Until Marathon mm-hmm. comes out, it's still this week at Bungie. I mean, really, this week, I can just say the Thursday blog post for the 20th of... <laughs> for the 20th of 7, 2023. Yeah, we'll go with that one, then. Who, who, you know, uh, the EAZ is back, if you if you may have noticed. Or if you didn't notice, the EAZ is still back. We're not going to tell you what we talked about last week because we talked about it last week for you know multiple hours. So you should be well versed at this point. Mm-hmm. But we do have a quick catch up on Solstice 2023, our, our next developer insights article just around the corner. The winner of the Bungie Foundation Community Emblem Contest. Ooh, is that is that Ghost? Two trials weapons are leaving the loot pool soon. The new Solstice sunglasses are here, Night Demon, and Prime Gaming rewards are back. And the weekly, weekly Destiny Play Report, and our community with the always amazing art and movies of the week. They have all of that. They do. And maybe more, or maybe it'll be just that. So yeah, Sol- Solstice is here. You can have your lovely sunlit armor. You can upgrade it and then go, I've upgraded this helmet now. I don't have to upgrade it anymore. I can just randomly roll it. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it's spiky. I've, I think I've gotten the helmet. Again, I've been playing Warlock this week because this is now all, the All Warlock show. Yeah. And I have been playing Warlock, and I got my Warlock helmet completely upgraded, you know, with all of the uh, kindling. Uh, yeah. Kindling, kindling to upgrade it with silver ash from the silver leaves being burnt on the bonfires. Yep. So I've, I've shoved all those into it like a, like a dutiful Warlock should. And I have the sunlit gloves almost upgraded, but let me tell you, you can get some spiky armor out of this event. So, you know, I know people have said it, if for no other reason, that's a reason to spend some time at least doing this. Because again, you can just play the game and earn the kindling and then run a couple of bonfires, turn them into ash. And then, you know, in the course of doing that, you're completing most of the activities. Like, I think I was done with like about half of the event card. You know, I didn't, I didn't buy the extra one because I don't care about the emotes that come with it. But I think I was probably done the first four, five, or six event card things like in an hour or two of just playing the game. Like Which I is a lot quicker than it has been in previous years, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, like, like you could easily knock this all out in a week. 
Like there's, there's nothing. I mean, again, I, I haven't looked at the two or three I'm missing to, to finish, but like, there's nothing where it's like, there is no like, you know, go, go kill 50 red bars. Or, I mean, go kill 50 yellow bars. So you have to farm a, an encounter as we have in past seasons. But I have these sunlit gloves that have a 22 discipline and a 23 resilience spike on them. No, nice. So I can easily take that to like a 33 resilience and a 22 discipline on a single piece of gloves, you know, on a single glove. And I've no. got a helmet that is sitting right now at a 16 recovery and 23 discipline. You know, the totals aren't high. You know, the totals are only 55 for this helmet and, uh, and 53 for the gloves. But the spikes are ridiculous. Okay, because, yeah, I think DCP was saying that a lot of people were saying that they're very low rolls, but um, some people are only just kind of getting into, like, 66, 67, but just rat, like, one in a billion kind of thing. Which, totally. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And and that's and I'm wondering, too, like, once once I have them upgraded all the way and then I re-roll them a couple more times, like I said, like, like these gloves I'm not touching. Like I, I'm very happy with my double, you know, my double twenties. And again, like, you know, I don't need a whole set of armor to be incredible. If I can get like a second set of gloves. Cause I think right now, whenever I go to D2 armor picker, it's like, you're, you're using these gloves. You have exactly one pair that goes with every outfit. Cause that is like the one pair that fits in perfectly. So if I can, end, you know, if I can end this up with a, with a good chest piece or a good arms or a good, you know, boot roll that I can just use as a, as fodder for D2 armor picker. I'm a happy boy. <laughs> So that makes it like, yeah, I mean, and, and it does take your ghost mod into account. So like I've got the discipline armorer mod on my ghost. So it's going to give me a high discipline roll, which then gives me, you know, a better chance of getting mobility, resilience or recovery. And really two of those three is what I'm going for. Yeah. And then when you get the, the last little, the last piece to put in, um, it'll give you, you know, it says like on the screen, you know, this will give you a guaranteed 20 in this role in the slot you put it in. So you can, you know, you can very easily end up with with a double twenty piece of armor. Now it seems to be, at least in, in my once or twice doing this, it's it'll give you that, but only that. It's not like doesn't seem like your odds are higher, but again, it's a slot machine. You try your best. The only thing I'll say is if you do have a really nice roll, maybe don't re-roll that particular piece of armor because you don't have to upgrade, you know, the next piece of sunlight gear in that same slot. It still has. You know, whatever you've unlocked, it'll it'll keep that unlocked. So you don't have to upgrade them all every single time. But you do have to say, do I want to re-roll this and risk losing the roll I have for something worse? Or do I just, you know, pl- play Bonfire Bash, get another piece to drop, and re-roll that one and see where that takes me? Okay. I do say, I do feel like the, the text on the screen was pretty clear about here's how to do this, here's what you need to do. Which is better than previous seasons where it's like here's a new material good luck yeah i mean saying that with solstice there are a couple of cool videos out there from cheese forever on the like the fastest way to get you silver leaves and then there's a fast way solo and afk that he has at the moment so i'll link those in the show notes and then does it involve uh, going into bonfire bash bonfire bash and afking it because don't be that person no it's not it's it's going to niamuna (laughs) and doing that kind of area but there there are certain constraints to to getting some of them done and there's a, the first relic glitch for solstice infinite fletchling storms on the titan have you seen this one i i saw people talking about it, but i haven't seen the video okay so cheese forever's got a video on it so this is the artifact that came out this season with strand 
that you can put on. So it's the one where you slide, you jump in the air, and then you can kind of throw out the fletchlings. And you can infinitely do that if you pick up one of the balls from killing. Instead of throwing it at the bonfire, you pick it up, then you activate the slide and jump, and then you get infinite in-air kind of fletchlings. For just It just goes on and on and on and on and on. And I first saw it on TikTok, and then Cheese had done a video on it and showing people how to kind of do it. So I'll link those in the show notes. Also, Ibontis has an updated guide for this year on how to complete Solstice. So. If you didn't see last week's one on last year's one, I'll link it in the show notes for this year and then probably use it again next year when we go into Solstice and it's the same thing next year and go look at Ibontis' video from last year or two years ago. So that will also be in our show notes for you to check out. If you are hesitant about getting into Solstice, just just do it. It's a bit of fun, you know, a bit of fun. Yeah, Cap some friends. And, yeah, and the armor's pretty cool even without the glows. Yeah, And you yeah, get it all for free. Yeah, there's absolutely no investment. There's no downside. The only, the only thing you might get is some better armor rolls. Like that's it. Like, and yeah. you know, you, you can collect yourself some some hand cannons or rocket launchers or not. But yeah, I mean, the armor is what I'm sort of interested in. The hand cannon, if I whatever, the rocket launcher, it, it's a rocket launcher. But you yeah, know, you, you can add one to your collection, and you know, if Dim tells you it's a good one or if it's one you like, yeah, enjoy. So yeah, looking at the the crowning duologue, which is the rocket launcher. Now, if you go to d2foundry.gg, you can look this up. And what's pretty cool about this is you can click to either do a PvP or PvE role. If you do PvE, it'll kind of show you bosses and strikes and things like that. So it's pretty cool. So you can go down and, and check which ones that you kind of want. But then I was hearing, I think it was, uh, Ibontis was saying there's no good roles on it. Although it comes with a precision frame, these precision frame rocket launchers aren't they're not up there in the meta of rocket launchers. So it may be one that you want to kind of get the best set of perks for now. And then later on, it might do well in whatever. But I could see from kind of looking at it at the moment, because it's a precision frame. It says the weapon fires a small auto tracking missile. Missiles lock onto targets when aimed. So it's got auto locking tracking missiles. If you've got something like chain reaction on it or cluster bombs with auto loading holster, I could see that that doing pretty well. You know, you, you shoot out your, your cluster bombs, get the tracking, you put these, stow it away, wait for it to reload while you're firing your other weapon. It auto loads, you get it back out, fire the weapon, auto tracking. I, I could see that pretty decent. Or, you know, even a chain reaction with the auto loading holster. You know, maybe not hatchling. Yeah, I wouldn't, wouldn't really go with like Swashbuckler or Envious Assassin or, yeah. Adrenaline Junkie, maybe that might be able to stack up the damage, but yeah, that, that, yeah. that's what I could. If I was going to go for it, I'd go for an auto load, auto loading one because it comes with auto tracking on there, and then go for the extra damage perk on the end. Yeah, I mean, it does roll with that Dreamwork. You know, all these weapons roll with the Dreamwork Origin trait, which once per reload, assist, or assisted final blow partially refills the weapon from reserves, potentially overflowing the magazine. So and yeah, the community note basically says, you know. You can assist, you get a kill, fill, to you, fill 66% of your mag, can activate only once before needing a manual reload. Your magazine can always overflow, can overflow and is always rounded up. So you've got a chance to, you know, have a, you know, auto-reloading rocket launcher, which isn't the worst thing in the world. No. Yeah, and, you know, black powder, uh, impact casing, depending on what, yeah, how you want to kind of go for it. But have a look on d2foundry.gg and see which role you kind of want to go for. And then go for it. But then saying that, I was um, 
watching the Asacross video this week on, he's called it a two-tap demon, but the hand cannon that's available, which is the... That's what we call you. Something, something new, which mm-hmm. is your stasis primary hand cannon. And I have got one from last year, if I can find that to kind of talk about. There it is. Oh, no. Why am I... T- oh, it's because it doesn't want me to compare it. I don't want to compare it. Don't be silly. So, again, yeah, they came with the DreamWork Pike last year. But uh, I've seen a lot of videos saying it's pretty meh. But then Astacross has found a two-tap version, and I will link it in the show notes for you to kind of check out, because it may be one that you want to kind of get. I think he was saying that the aim assistance on it is very, very good. and. I mean, I I think that was the reason why it was around last year. Do you remember this or not? I mean, I remember from last year. Yeah, I mean, the ones this year do have an aim assist of 60, which feels high. Yeah. I don't know how it compares to other to other hand cannons, and it's, uh, in, you know, it's a 120 aggressive frame, so I don't know where that sits, but 60 feels high. And the I mean, and the impact is you know ridiculous on it. I'm just looking at... I, I have three just on me, you know, impact of 92 range... In the you know sixty nine you know to seventy three range and then sixty eight aim assist so you know don't jump and yeah <laughs> I mean it hits hard from the the one twenties that I've got available in my vault I can compare them against Criminal's Dagger True Prophecy and the Duke MK forty four which is a really old one and it's I mean it's it's at the bottom of aim assist to be honest uh, Criminal's Dagger's got seventy two mm. my True Prophecy's got seventy two. The Duke MK44 is 69, and that was really good back in the day. But this one's got aim assistance of 60, but a two-tap is what Astacross is calling it. So, yeah, check the video out if you're into your 120s. And also saying that, I watched a video from Patagates Gaming this week, which I thought was going to help me clear out my vault, but it's kind of given me some conflicting information on <laughs> stuff, where he ranks every hand cannon in a tier list from S down to F. Now there's a lot of F ones in there, but what you've got to take into account is that he's using it from a crucible standpoint. So from PVP, so that there may be some good ones in there that you might want to keep for PVE activities, but he's going through it for a kind of crucible. Look. And a lot of one twenties are up in the A's, A stars and S tiers. And he goes through every kind of hand cannon, even exotics as well. So if you're not mm. sure about an exotic and I, I was, you know, he's put Crimson in, I think it was either a B or a, just a an A rating. And Crimson in Crucible these days, if you're going into like trials or like anything competitive, I found that really, really good to use. Because as soon as I switched on to using the Crimson when we played a couple of weeks back in the, the group that we were playing in, I found that I was winning a lot more engagements because the other team were using Crimson. It was like, you get a kill and you get that health back instantly with mm-hmm. the, I think with the, the catalyst on, Oh no, the catalyst just gives you 20 range, but yeah, just with the perk on there, just so yeah, I'll, I'll link that one in the show notes as well. The one from Pat Gates gaming on the hand cannon tier list for PVP. So yeah, I'm going to keep diverting yeah. off to the, it's just the way I've watched these videos this week. And I'm thinking, Oh, that's handy to know and tell people about. So yeah, yeah, yeah no, absolutely. And yeah. And, and as always, all of these videos will be linked in the show notes. So if you were like, what, what, what did he say? Who made that one? It's all in the show notes. It's in the show notes every week. That's why we put them there. Yeah. So you don't have to go. I know you said this, 
So just open all the videos in some tabs and, you know, watch them all or find the one you're most interested in. My, my hand cannon method is malfeasance and then everything else. Or malfeasance, whatever Dim says, here's a thumbs up and then everything else. Yeah, and, and speaking of, I know you're saying about malfeasance, but next season, malfeasance could possibly break destiny. Now, this is according to a video from above, which I watched this week, going over plus 2,000 damage. Now, you'd have to swap to a hunter, but this could possibly be the way forward, especially for hunters. And it's to do with the Lucky Pants perk. Now, on the Lucky Pants, when you ready a stowed hand cannon, uh, if it's a kinetic one, if I find the the uh, Lucky Pants, so when you ready a fully loaded hand cannon that deals kinetic damage or damage type that matches your subclass energy type, each hit from that hand cannon increases the damage of the next shot for a short uh, short time against combatants. Hand cannon ready faster and more accurately immediately after swapping to them and provides a small benefit of airborne effectiveness. So with the hand cannons getting a buff next season, I believe it was that they were pointing out or above was pointing out in his video with the malfeasance mm -hmm. already doing pretty well in PVE activities, this could be a really, really good pairing with uh, the malfeasance, the, the lucky pants. So keep an eye on that one. That that video will also be linked in the show notes. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, because I'm looking at I'm looking at the Lucky Pants, you know, community insight and dim. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, six sixty percent increased damage per hit for five and a half seconds. Max maxes out at six hundred percent after ten hits. It does say you know Ariana's vow only receives thirty percent increased damage. Sturm's over overcharged rounds. Oh, Malfeasance explosive shadow. Mm -hmm. Hawkmoon's paracausal shot and payload are, are are all unaffected by the buff. But that that's the um, explosive shadow perk. But the actual shot, yeah, but the rounds themselves yeah. might do more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, I wonder if they call that out specifically. <laughs> and yes, I do have a pair of lucky pants in my vault. My hunter's at sixteen sixty eight, but he's not totally undressed. Well, well, you know, we'll have to get him spiffing for next season then, if that's the case. Yeah. We, we, we'll be three hunters next season in this podcast. That'll please exactly. him. <laughs> three hunters and a warlock. You can't have three hunters and a warlock. It's just three hunters. Three Absolutely hunters, can. no warlocks, no titans. But we do have a winner of our first community emblem contest, and it's but, a banger. Oh, but I didn't mean you, you've skipped over the entire developer insights that are incoming. I, I did, because they're incoming. <laughs> but not here. <laughs> That's all. Like. What? Why? Why? Why was this a thing you called up above? It? Why? It's coming. Anyway. Yeah, they're they're going to talk about master working currencies and weapons um later. But they they put like three pair three sentences in today to tell us it's going. Yeah, it'll be next, next Wednesday. Week. We'll get to mm -hmm. next Saturday and we'll have lots to discuss. But the winner of the emblem is really nice. It and is really nice. It kind Great of makes job, me Alex. wish that I wanted to do that, but I didn't. See, I didn't See? have the confidence to do it. Alex did. See. Alex, did, Alex was like, listen, I can make this happen. I have a beautiful Sam 14. I've got G Gary's gig. It's something with a G. It's some, one of those G weapons on here. It's fine. Yeah. Very, very nice design. Very jealous. So congratulations to you, Alex. You did a banging job. That is very cool. And if you click through the link, you know, they have in the, the blog post that we will not speak the name of, it shows him in-game with his emblem on his character, which is just lovely. Which maybe, or, you know, maybe this was something they, did he get it early? Did he get it in the game? Ah, we'll see. 
No, they, I think lovely. it's just a it's, it's just a mock up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I was I was like, it's probably not in the game yet. Yeah, but here's yeah. the mock up of how it will look once you do get it in the game. But yeah, that's that's a good one. That that, that might give the uh, you know broken Windows blue screen one a run for its money. Yeah, so I really like that one. It's nice, you know, you know, no, you know, the uh, it you know, notepad for 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 those of us who are going, you know, listening to this, going, you know, tell us what it is. It's you know it's it's like you're you're sitting in school scribbling in the in the corners of your note of your notebook, and just drawing you know Gallahorn, Saint fourteen traveler, you know it's just like a, a nice little collection of doodles with the Destiny logo and uh, yeah yeah it'll be in game whenever they told us they were gonna put it in the game which I don't remember and I don't see here so eventually now I have a very special message from your ghost okay the Bungie's Foundation Bungie Day. Giving Festival is coming to a close uh, tomorrow. So as you hear this, it's already closed. You missed it. Great job, or my condolences, you didn't you know, donate money to possibly win a thing. Obviously, Bungie has already reached their goal of $777,777, because of course they did. And uh, there is a grand prize. Somebody will get it. There's a bunch of final shape annual pass game codes. Uh, the bundle of seven PlayStation titles. Somebody will win all those too. We don't know who somebody will. So... You know, if you've already donated, great. If you haven't donated, it's probably too late by the time you hear this. So, uh, good job. Nolan North has some has some words for you. He does. Lots of words. And um, we'll link that in the show notes. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, we as a community have raised, uh, at recording time, $938,332. So, that is more than six sevens in a row. Good job, community. And two trials weapons are exiting the pool. Oh no! So, uh, as we have about three weeks left of playing trials, because there's no Iron Banner, so you've got trials all the way, all the way to the end. Two weapons will exit the trials loot pool to make room for two new ones at the start of season twenty-two. Which ones? The Exalted Truth hand cannon and the Unwavering Duty machine gun. So this just means that the Adept and Standard versions won't be rewards post-match starting season twenty-two, but you can always grab them from focusing engrams with Saint-14. Uh, the Unwavering Duty's last Trials weekend will be July 28th, which is next weekend, whilst the Exalted Truth will be the 4th of August. And if you're still looking for the adept version of some nice rolls, probably both, then you, at least you know. You know, and we know, even Respawn knows. Uh, one new Respawn, weapon... no, there's, there's no real guarantee of that. Mm, actually, yeah. One new weapon and a rock-solid favourite will be in Season 22, along with the Messenger, the Immortal, Astral Horizon, and Unexpected Resurgence. So I think they were kind of guessing about this one online, that it's probably going to be the hand cannon back again, which was the... If we love hand cannons, we know what they are, and... and I you don't... can tell us, as, as soon-to-be hunter mains absolutely can tell you, it is going to be the... Uh, not that one. Not that one. That's the wrong one. Igneous Hammer. That's the one. The Igneous Oh, that's the only one I ever got an Adept on. Ooh. I have an Adept one. I actually went flawless once. Oh, that's all I got. Too fancy. Yeah. I've got one with the Dim Tells Me is has a thumbs up on it, so it lives in the vault at 1600, and that's where it lives. My, my Adept one does not have any thumbs up. So mm, that's okay. It's Adept. Adept. You can make it better. I, well, I could try. But I'll yes. tell you what I'm not going to do. 
is I'm not going to purchase the sunglasses from Solstice because you know why? No. I'm why? a cave dweller. I live in the cave. Even when mm. it's sunny and hot, I'm indoors. So no. That's true. But you can. You look like a man that enjoys a nice pair of sunglasses. And from Numbskull, so they're a decent pair as well. Well, unfortunately, I will not be either because unless they have a prescription version, they will also not help me. But maybe Respawn. Maybe, well, no, he wears glasses too. Somebody yep. out there certainly must live in a sunny place and not already wear glasses that can use these lovely sunglasses. Well, I but suppose we you can buy them and take them to your opticians and say, please put in my lenses, couldn't you? I suppose you could try. Yeah. So there. Assuming, assuming they ever show up about a month nice after setup. you place your order. <laughs> yeah. You do have to complete the uh, one of the solstice triumphs to get them, though. Uh, you need is... to, to stoke the bonfire in Bonfire Bash 35 times uh-huh. by, to complete the Fuel for the Fire challenge in order to receive these, or and to try to receive it... these, and they are $30, in case you're wondering. As long as we do it before the end of Solstice, which ends at 9.59am PDT on August 8th. And check your local times here, so you can check your local times there. So it's normally reset time. There's a minute before reset time on the 8th. There. There you go. And we have yeah. some Prime Gaming rewards. They're back. Amazon Prime Gaming rewards are back. So if you are missing the Catching Ray's Exotic Solstice emote, the Soul Pierce Exotic ship, which was from Solstice, they're just giving them away now. Amazon are giving them to you. So you don't even need to go to the, the, the Bright Dust store and purchase these or use silver. They're there. You can just get them if you link your Bungie.net account to your Amazon Prime account. If you have that or your parents have that, ask their permission, get it linked, get free gaming stuff. Good. Solstice stuff. The Blue Sky uh, uh, Legendary Solstice Ghost Shell. I didn't realize that that one was from Solstice as well. And the High Surfer Solstice themed Legendary Ghost Projection, which is new. I haven't seen that one before, so that's another new one. Sometimes they also throw in uh, an emblem that they just don't tell you about here. So unless I go and check, I don't know. What about you? Are you going to check? I will check and I will, I will go receive all the things. Yeah. But I saw the, uh, the high surf one. I thought it was new as well. I was like, I don't remember that being a thing I could have gotten in the past. So good times, good times. Well, since we have our prime gaming, Oh, this is, this is nothing. We, we do have a, as always our player support report. Do you have a report? Is it a very long report? There- there is there is a report. It is not a very long report. Is it um, the it, same as them telling us that there's something coming next week? It it's not quite that. It's it's okay. close, but but they do first have an event card reminder with Solstice being live. The event card's also live. It's only accessible during the event. So if you have bought the event card or even are just participating in the event for free, you must claim the things on the card by August eighth. Because if you don't claim them and the event ends, you will never be able to claim them and all your hard work is for nothing. So whether you bought the additional event card or just are playing Solstice and the card is there for free, claim the things off it, which honestly you need to do for the kindling if you're trying to upgrade your armor anyway. So remember to hit that button and do that. I will. Um, there are a couple of various known issues. One is the event card challenge. Flamekeeper is showing an incorrect icon. Not too terribly exciting. Uh, the crowning duologue rocket launcher does not appear in collections. So it will one day. They will fix it eventually. But right now, it is not in your collections. And also the Sunsis, 
sunlit solstice armor sets also do not appear in your collections. Now, if you have, for some reason, deleted what you didn't realize was the last piece of solstice armor, you can go back to Grandma Stranger Danger Eva Levante, and you can get a new piece of armor from her. So you're not totally out of luck if you've accidentally deleted the very last one, but it's not in your collections yet, and um, will be at some point, but isn't today. Now, I did also see they are, through the Bungie Help Twitter, actively investigating a fix for the armor kindling issue preventing some players from completing their Solstice quests and encountering a persistent instructional pop-up. So that is being looked at. They do not have a fix for it yet. And if for some reason you are playing Trials, have gone flawless, and are listening to this and we're not aware of this at this point, uh, there was an issue with the Astral... The Adept Astral Horizon Shotgun not dropping from the Flawless Passages, that has since been fixed sometime yesterday evening. Mm-hmm. So you can get your Adept Shotgun if you go Flawless. You may not be getting your armor kindling from Solstice, and they are working on a fix for that, which, as of 17 hours ago as we record, they did not have yet. And that's it. That's all the issues in the game. Everything else is beautiful. And then we have movies and art of the week. So if you want to go and check those out, or if you want to submit something to Bungie to get included in the movies or art of the week, uh, I believe it is hashtag Destiny 2, A-O-T-W for art of the week, and M-O-T-W for movie of the week, if you have a movie. One of these days I'm going to have to do something. Probably won't get selected, but I'll, I'll try. You should. I mean, I mean, take take inspiration. From our new emblem in the game. It doesn't have to be super fancy. It doesn't have to be, you know, beautiful 3D rendered machinima. It can just be something you've drawn and it's beautiful. Okay. Or it could just be a man dancing in the tower on a quest to get a hat. It could just be that. It could be. So as as he's not here, you know, he's bowed out. But the, there is a respawn report roundup. So I'm guessing it's, it's defaulted to me with Night Demon News. So, what is what is the good word, sir? What is the news? The the news this week is that Bungie have uh, are proud to accept the accessibility award from G4C. So there you go. They they, they got a, an award, which they do. They do a lot of accessibility stuff for people in the game. You know, there's yeah. like the, the melee, blindness. the auto melee, the auto um, yeah. shooting thing, auto shooting yep. thing. That yeah. thing, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're both the full auto mod and now the full auto setting, the auto melee setting. That again, you know, what, what at least you know, they keep going through and respawn moans about, and then they go, "Oh, yeah, we got it right." So yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's like a lot of these things, us as you know older gamers can take advantage of, but it's also important to remember, you know, Bungie wants to make these games accessible to everyone, and that means making them accessible to everyone. Yeah, you know, it's, you know, sometimes you know, I know people have said, "Oh, what, you know, why are they doing this setting?" It's not for well, you know, it's it's not for me. Well, yeah, sometimes it's not for you. You you don't have an issue with mobility and you know using your fingers and pressing buttons. Some people do, and now they can play the game and enjoy it as well. And Bungie are being recognized for doing that in the community. So, yeah, well done good job, Bungie, and good job, Games for Change. Mm-hmm. Destiny Bulletin this week pointed out that all Destiny Two expansions collections packs are currently on sale at the PlayStation. Xbox slash Microsoft store and PC store from 40% up to 67% off. So if you are missing an expansion and going, you know, I can't afford them normally. Now's the kind of good time to get in there and, and pick them up. 
And until when? I don't know. So buy yep. them quickly. Yes. Certainly they'll be gone by the time the, the new season launches, but maybe well before. Something I did see that I picked up from Bungie Help was due to an issue, we have temporarily disabled the bolstering detonator, focusing strike, impact induction, and momentum transfer mods, which weren't noted, I think, the same day that the TWAB came out. So those, I believe, are still kind of temporarily disabled, a bit like we had the mods last week that were disabled for doing mm-hmm. various different things. Uh, Bungie Help also put out that they're aware of issues preventing crafted weapons XP from being earned from the bonfire bash activity. Uh, they're still investigating a fix for the issue. I haven't heard any more, have you? No, and as of this morning, that was still not the case. They were still not granting progress. So, mm. nope, still busy. Yeah, that's one thing I think you you called out. Or I, you know, one of, one of us messaged the other one day one. It's like, I'm not getting any progress from this. So don't bother putting things on. And that, yeah, as of. Saturday the 22nd, that was still the case, so they have not fixed that yet. So don't, I'm not saying don't run your craft of weapons, but you're not getting any progress from the craft of weapons in Bonfire Bash. Mm. And then we have Destiny Bulletin again has put out a, a little bit of information for players that maybe try and accidentally delete characters. So it's, it looks like Bungie has updated the character deletion prompt when deleting a character in Destiny 2. The new prompt now requires players to, to select specific keys in order to complete the character deletion which is an amazing change because I fear sometimes that if I leave the controller mm-hmm. on the character select screen and one of my dogs decides to go and sit on my controller and they accidentally delete my character, mm-hmm. I'm like, or Deacon gets hold of my controller and goes, oh, I wonder what happens here if I delete one of these. So, But then she'll know how to kind of delete the characters, you know, she'll put in the sequence. But, you know, my <laughs> dog's butt probably wouldn't be able to do it that easily. Yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm, saying it I'm, couldn't be done, but I'm saying a little bit harder. Yeah, yeah. So, I know yeah, so now when you bring basically. up the delete the character, yeah, it, it'll basically say once you bring up the delete character screen, it'll have you press four separate buttons and or you know read the screen and press those buttons. Sort of like when you have to type in delete to del- do something to go. Are you sure you want to do this? You have to actually take some action and do this purposely, so you can't say, "Oh no, this was this this was an action. I don't know how this happened." Yeah, you, you hit the button and then you typed in four things. No, that was purposeful. Mm. And the the last thing on here was from the game post that Destiny 2, the final shape, new subclass seemingly leaked. Now, I'll, I'll link the, the, the actual post, uh, which shows you the little video that was kind of uploaded to, I, I can't remember the name of the, the place now. The first one in the article here, the Imager one? Yeah, Imager, or, or, that's Or it. from Veed, Veed.io? <laughs> Veed, uh, Veed.io, yeah. So yeah, it's um, a video of them with a new transmat effect. But on one of the clips, it shows a red subclass in the bottom left-hand corner. It's about the third clip in. It's suddenly where you, it, the character's in the helm, and it shows the weapons, mm, mm-hmm. and it's a red melee underneath. So and a, and the um, symbol for the super is nothing like we've got in game. Now. I thought, oh, this is interesting. And then I watched the As to Cross video, which I'll also link in the show notes, where he goes into a bit more kind of a deep dive about it. Because it turns out, like, this time last year, before we had the reveal of the uh, uh, Lightfall, we had a similar case where a Bungie video, an official Bungie video, because this is an official Bungie video, was accidentally uploaded to somewhere and it showed somebody uh, on the EDZ 
just fighting with the Winter's Bite Sword, but it showed you a green subclass and different symbols, which we now know that it was uh, the symbol was different for the Titan that, that was in the in the clip, but we now know that it was kind of Strand. And he goes over the kind of history in his video, Astacross, of all the different things that have kind of come up about the subclass, the sixth subclass that we possibly could be getting. While we might not be getting a subclass in another expansion, I mean, it'd be pretty cool if they do manage to do back-to-back subclasses. I mean, I think they hit the, the ball out of the park, didn't they, with, with Strand? And it wasn't o- overpowered. It wasn't underpowered. It was just, it was good out of the gate. And I think if they can do that again, with another darkness subclass and round it out to that we have the six and that is the final key for the final shape that's going to be good but i think he was saying that like for a long time people have been saying it's either going to be a red or a gold subclass because it kind of goes along with the colors of all the other subclasses so the red and the symbol look to be like they could be part of a new subclass for the final shape so might this lead some credence to a particular raid coming back or not? Well, he says that in his video about Siva. Mm-hmm. Maybe, yeah, Bungie were kind of, oh, we're done with Siva to try and stop people thinking about it, but possibly. Yeah, and there's and there's one more thing that I, f- I forgot I put in another channel this week that I saw of basically saying in, in on the Destiny of the Game Reddit, someone saying, hey, Bungie, you literally made the team's account so you can provide safety to your CMs as they continue to do your jobs. Please actually use the account. Basically saying, you know, Bungie, we missed the communication from you. And, you know, one of the one of the official Bungie help accounts, or, you know, BNG help on Reddit, who is a you know official player team support account, replied saying, appreciate the feedback. Unfortunately, devs who aren't even CMs are still being harassed just because they work at Bungie. So using the CM account on Reddit will put a bigger target on all of our CMs back. I completely understand that we want to go back to how we used to respond all the time here, but that time has passed. Until everyone can feel safe again, I wouldn't expect to see many responses from us here for the foreseeable future. However, just because we aren't responding doesn't mean we aren't still looking and reading feedback and passing it along. As a legend once said, we're listening. And while we can't always act on the feedback, we do share it with stakeholders every single week, so please keep it coming. You may find us responding more on our own help forums, so please report any issues to us there. So why aren't we hearing more from Bungie? Because people are still being terrible human beings and harassing Bungie employees. So, you know, this is Bungie saying, you know, things aren't going to get better until things get better. And they go on to say in another comment, we don't accept that being harassed as, quote, just a part of life. This kind of mindset is unhealthy, and we aren't going to put ourselves in danger for a video game. So don't expect to hear more from Bungie until people, you know, be more humans and stop harassing Bungie employees just because they're Bungie employees beyond the community managers. So quit it. Be nice to people. Or you're never going to hear another thing from them, and they're well within their rights, and I wouldn't tell you if I was being harassed either. I'd say you're going to, if you're going to act like this, that's it. We're turning the spigot off. Read, read, read the blog post. Go to the help form. That's all you're going to get. So yeah. So if you're wondering, hey, are, are, are things going back to the way they were? No, no, they aren't, because people are being terrible. So don't be terrible. No. So, are you interested to know what's happening next week in Destiny? Well, this I week I'm interested up? to know. Well, I'm just about to tell you then. 
Hello and welcome to the 10th week of Season 21, Season of the Deep, starting on July 25th, 2023. So for Week 10, let's kick things off with our Legacy rotation, starting with the Forsaken expansion. Ready if you are. Let's see what's out there. The Dreaming City this week is at a strong curse level, which means Petrovenge can be found in Rhea Sylvia and has the Dark Monastery mission for the next week. The Blindwell features Taken Enemies and the Plague Inamina. The Ascendant Challenge this week will be the Keep of Owned Edges, which can be located over in the Harbinger Seclude on the Dreaming City. Next up, the Shadowkeep expansion. On the moon, the weekly story mission is in the Deep. The Trove Guardian is located in the Hellmouth, while the Wandering Nightmare is the Fallen Council in Archer's Line. And the Nightmare Hunt this week will be Zydron, Servitude, Tanix, Isolation, and Skolas, Pride. For our Beyond Light expansion, on Europa this week, Praxis the Technocrat will be the Empire Hunt, Cadmus Ridge will be the Eclipse Zone, and the Exo Challenge will be Safeguard. For the 30th Anniversary expansion, we have the Loot Rotation for Dares of Eternity, which will be on Week 2's rotation, with the Scathorn Armor Set and the Perfectus Armor Set being available. The weapons available this week will be the Kinetic Adaptive Frame Auto Rifle Scathelock, the Kinetic Aggressive Frame Submachine Gun Extraordinary Rendition, the Void Aggressive Burst Sidearm Brass Attacks, the Void Precision Frame Linear Fusion Rifle Threaded Needle, the Solar High Impact Frame Rocket Launcher Codewello, the Void Lightweight Frame Bow Imperial Needle, the Solar Adaptive Frame Sniper Rifle Far Future, the Arc Adaptive Frame Sword Honor's Edge, the Solar Rapid Fire Frame Sniper Rifle Distant Termulus, the Arc Adaptive Frame Grenade Launcher Interference 6, the Kinetic Adaptive Frame Sniper Rifle Shepherd's Watch, and the Solar Adaptive Frame Hand Cannon Annual Skate. For the Witch Queen expansion, the Witch Queen weekly story mission is the Communion, where the modifier is Empath, as well as Barrier and Unstoppable Champions. Also this week you'll have Altar of Reflection Choice, and Altar of Reflection Pact. The Wellspring activity has been updated to include a featured Throne World weapon, Veritas Armour and a Weapon Pattern as its rewards. For the Lifehull expansion, the weekly mission is Downfall, with Extra Shields, Lock Loadouts and Extra Champions, Barrier and Unstoppable Champions, Solar Threat, Scorched Earth Modifier, Kinetic Overcharge, Void and Solar Surges with an Overcharge Weapon and Galvanized on Hero Difficulty only. The Partition Mission will be Hard Reset, Contest Mode Enabled with Barrier and Unstoppable Champions, Arc Threat, Scorched Earth, Pestilence and Martyr Modifiers, Arc and Strand Shields with Void and Strand Surges. And the Vex incursion this week will be Liming Harbour. In addition, the weekly Lightfall reset also refreshes the pinnacle drop for the Node Override Avalon Exotic mission on the EDZ. For the Season of the Deep, the featured fishing pond will be on the EDZ. Raids and Dungeons The Root of Nightmares Raid Chance this week is the second encounter, Scission, called Crossfire. No one can shoot the launch crystals on the side that they're currently standing on. The Kingsfall Raid Chance this week is the fifth encounter, Oryx, called Hands Off. Players must not kill the same ogre or light eater knight throughout the encounter. The Vow the Disciple challenge this week is the third encounter, the upender, called Defenses Down. This is where each player cannot kill more than one taken knight in total. The Deepstone Crypt challenge this week is the first encounter, Crypt Security, called Red Rover. This is where all guardians must be an operator and shoot the two panels on the lower level. The Garden of Salvation challenge this week is the third encounter, Consecrated Mind, called Staying Alive where you must not kill the spawning cyclopses in the first two rooms. And the last wish challenge this week is the fifth encounter, Riven, called Strength of Memory, where guardians must not shoot the same Riven Eye twice. 
your Pinnacle Raid will be the Vault of Glass over in the Legends tab, which means all of the challenges will be available for each encounter. These are the first encounter, Confluxes, called Wait For It, where every yellow bar wyvern must be killed as they sacrifice themselves to the Confluxes. The second encounter, Oracles, called The Only Oracle For You. Players cannot destroy the same oracle more than once. The third encounter, Templar, called Out Of Its Way, where you must keep the Templar from teleporting. The fourth encounter, Gatekeeper, called Strangers In Time. Players must defeat the Praetorians and the Wyverns at the same time. And the fifth encounter, Atheon, called Ensembler's Refrain. Each player teleported can only destroy one oracle in each spawn set. Also, with the Vault of Glass being the featured raid, this does mean that you can farm the final boss for a chance at the exotic fusion rifle, Vex Mythoclass. And the Pinnacle Dungeon will be the Shattered Throne over on the Dreaming City. Next up, Challenges. Wicked Depth. Complete the Whetstone Encounter in Deep Dives and earn the Wicked Implement Scout Rifle for Challenge XP++. Neptune Activities. In Neomuna, complete Bounties, Patrols, Public Events and Lost Sectors for Challenge XP Plus and Bright Dust. Spark of Arc. Defeat Guardians in Crucible matches with Arc subclass equipped. Bonus progress is granted for defeating blind opponents for Challenge XP Plus and Bright Dust. Special Measures. Defeat 100 targets in Gambit with weapons using special ammo. Bonus progress is granted for defeating Guardians and landing final blows with Glaives and Hand Cannons using special ammo for Challenge XP Plus and Bright Dust. And Tried and True. Defeat 300 combatants in Vanguard playlists or strikes with primary ammo. Bonus progress is granted for more challenging combatants for Challenge XP++ and Bright Dust. Hello. Hello. As a reminder, your daily loss sector will show you a flag outside which will give you details of threats, shields, champions and exotic armor you'll find inside. But if you're new to the game or using an alternate character and can't find the flag outside, you will have to run through the loss sector normally to have it show up on your map as a legend slash master which you can either do solo or with a fire team, but you will only be able to earn the chance at the exotic drop when completing solo. Tuesday, July 25th will be the Bay of Drowned Wishes on the Dreaming City for exotic gauntlets, Arc Threat, Void and Arc Surges, Void Shields, Stalker Shield Modifier, Overcharged Snipers with Overload and Unstoppable Champions. Wednesday, July 26th will be the Vel's Labyrinth on the Cosmodrome for exotic chests, Arc Threat, Void and Arc Surges, Arc and Solar Shields, Fire Pit Modifier, with Barrier and Unstoppable Champions. Thursday, July 27th will be Exodus Garden 2A on the Cosmodrome for Exotic Helmets, Void Threat, Arc and Void Surges, Void Shields, Scorched Earth Modifier, with Barrier and Overload Champions. Friday, July 28th will be the K1 Revelations on the Moon for Exotic Boots, Void Threat, Arc and Strand Surges, Arc Shields, Fire Pit Modifier, Overcharged Machine Guns, with Barrier and Unstoppable Champions. Saturday, July 29th will be the K1 Crew Quarters on the Moon for Exotic Gauntlets, Arc Threat, Arc and Strand Surges, Solar Shields, Hot Knife Modifier, Overcharged Glaives with Barrier and Overload Champions. Sunday, July 30th will be the K1 Logistics on the Moon for Exotic Chests, Void Threat, Arc and Void Surges, Arc and Solar Shields, Hot Knife and Chafe Modifiers, Overcharged Snipers with Barrier and Overload Champions. And finally, background to Monday, July 31st will be the K1 Communion on the Moon for Exotic Helmets, Solar Threat, Arkenstrand Surges, Solar and Void Shields, Arachno Modifier, Overcharged Linear Fusion Rifle, with Barrier and Overload Champions. Lead the way. Our 10th featured Nightfall will see us face off against Alakul in the Lightblade over on the Throne World, 
where you have a chance to get a pinnacle engram if you complete the nightfall with a score of 200k or more. This nightfall will require you to own the Witch Queen expansion. You'll be able to earn high-end gear for your characters including the nightfall featured weapon, exotic gear, enhancement cores, enhancement prisms, ascendant shards and adept nightfall ciphers. The higher the nightfall difficulty the more common the drop will be, with the featured weapon and exotic gear being uncommon at hero difficulty to being common with ascendant shards in Grand Masters. Legend and Lower Nightfalls will have 8 Barrier, 2 Unstoppable and 7 Lucent Champions, with 6 Solar and 12 Arc Shields. Masters and GMs will have 12 Barrier, 3 Unstoppable and 7 Lucent Champions, with 6 Solar and 8 Arc Shields. Your Nightfall modifiers are Hero Difficulty, Maximum Effective Level 1765, Matchmaking is available, Enemies have Extra Shields, Champions Foe, you will face Barrier, Unstoppable and Lucent Champions. You can either use Intrinsic Exotics, use a subclass debuff, or unlock anti-champion mods from the Seasonal Artifact. Arc Threat, 25% increase to incoming arc damage. Empath, Enhanced Radar, take increased damage from melee. Overcharge Weapons, weapons overcharged from the Seasonal Artifact are active in this activity. Kinetic Weapons do increase damage when your subclass element matches an active Surge. Arc Surge, 25% bonus to outgoing arc damage. An Elemental Surge, 25% bonus to an outgoing element's damage. Overcharge weapon, 25% bonus damage to a specific weapon type. Galvanized, combatants have more health and are more difficult to stun. Legend difficulty, maximum effective level 1815, includes all previous modifiers except galvanized. No matchmaking. Equipment locked, you will be unable to change your equipment once the mission starts. Master difficulty, maximum effective level 1820, includes all previous modifiers except galvanized. Champions Mob, this difficulty adds more champion enemies. Chafe, radar is disabled. Grandmaster difficulty, maximum effective level 1815, includes all previous modifiers except galvanized. Joining progress is disabled. Extinguish, if your fire team falls in a restricted zone, your team is returned to orbit. Limited revives, gain additional revives by defeating champions up to a maximum of 20. And contest mode, which caps your power level to make enemies more of a challenge. To combat champions this season you have access to subclass counters as well as a choice of intrinsic anti-champion artifact mods, which are Anti-Barrier Auto Rifle, Unstoppable Hand Cannon and Unstoppable Glaive. You also have exotic weapons and armor that can help with intrinsic mods as well. For Anti-Barrier, the Kinetic Bow Wishender, the Kinetic Linear Fusion Rifle Arbalest, the Kinetic Pulse Rifle Revision Zero, the Solar Energy Hand Cannon Ariana's Vow, the Solar Heavy Sword The Lament, and the Titan Gauntlet's Second Chance, which gain a second charge of a shield throw melee, which becomes shield piercing and stuns barrier champions. And for Unstoppable, the Kinetic Fusion Rifle Bastion, the Kinetic Hand Cannon Malfeasance, the Solar Energy Sidearm Devil's Ruin, the Void Heavy Bow Leviathan's Breath, and the Hunter Gauntlet's Atheris' Embrace, which have a chance to stun Unstoppable champions with their empowered weighted knife. The Nightfall featured weapon to obtain this week would be the Arc Adaptive Frame Grenade Launcher Wendigo GR3. The Wendigo GR3 has a base blast radius of 50, velocity of 29 and handling of 41. It can roll with full court, explosive light and frenzy, with clown cartridge, chain reaction and auto-loading holster. It has the origin trait of stunning recovery, where if you stun a champion you partially refill the magazine, trigger health regen and improve your recovery for a short duration. Vanguard Vindication, where final blows with a weapon grant a small amount of health. And Omelon Fluid Dynamics, where the weapon has increased reload speed and stability for the top half of the magazine.
Lord Jack brings Momentum Control to the Crucible for the 10th week of the season. Momentum Control is a 6v6 PvP mode which is a variation of the regular control mode, where every weapon is significantly higher in lethality, meaning that you can take out your opponents much faster than normal. Respawns are instant, and defeating enemy players in Momentum Control will grant faster regeneration on your melee, grenade and super. Players get increased damage resistance when they activate a super, to help counteract that little bit of extra damage that the guns give out. The mode also has increased capture speeds on points and radar is removed for every player. Achieve victory by capturing zones and defeating opponents. And Zone Control will be returning this week in the Relentless Crucible playlist. Zone Control is a 6v6 game mode which emphasises team-based gameplay in capturing zones and not kills. Zone Control forces players to collaborate more actively in capturing and defending zones. Capturing zones dramatically takes longer if one player tries to do it themselves, with it taking 22.5 seconds to capture the point whereas two can capture within 10 seconds. Three or more players will capture a zone in 7.5 seconds. Beyond that, capturing a zone will net the team one point per capture, and holding onto the point will reward two points every 15 seconds per zone, making it essential to lock down areas rather than float between them carelessly. The first team to 125 points wins. Delightful! Plus, Trials of Osiris Dominion will be back once again at the weekend with some new rewards for players who do make it to the lighthouse and open the chest. These include the Hero's Wake Exotic Ghost Shell, the Valiant Memory Exotic Ship, the Survivor's Journey Exotic Sparrow, and the new Trial Shader, Glorious Patina. Trials of Osiris Dominion is a 3v3 PvP high stakes game mode with a twist of a capture point. In Dominion, two teams of three go head to head in a battle for control of a capture point. Teams can either work together to capture the control point or eliminate the enemy team to win the round. Only available from Friday reset until Tuesday weekly reset. Trials gives every player the chance to shelf their PvP skills to obtain some of Destiny's most sought-after weapons and armor. Players that competing Trials of Osiris will have all of their games tracked through a passage card, a ticket purchased from Saint 14 in the lower hangar of the tower. Winning rounds and matches in Trials of Osiris will grant exclusive weapons, armor, pinnacle gear, masterwork materials, and even adept gear for the most skilled players who can reach the lighthouse with a flawless ticket of seven games won and no losses. Five round wins will bag you the match for your passage card. By competing in Trials, you do have a chance to pick up two Pinnacle Engrams from playing each week, one from 50 round wins and the other from winning seven games. These do not have to be done all in one go, but you do have to complete them before the weekly reset. That is amazing. And Destiny 2's Summer Event Solstice continues this week, so light those bonfires and grab your loot. Solstice will run until August 8th. Also, with us moving into the final few weeks of the season, here's your reminder to start collecting all of your Season of the Deep Pass items, any items left over from Season of Defiance Season Pass items from Bungie.net, plus your reward track items and engrams from Banshee44, The Gunsmith, Shax, Crucible, Zavala, Vanguard, Drifter, Gambit, and Saint 14 Trials. Grab these before the end of the season as they will reset and you will lose all items when the new season starts. Don't forget you can also start hoarding those bounties to get a leg up on XP and artifact progression for next season. And that's it for the 10th week of Season of the Deep. Guardian down. So as promised, but by Respawn last week, but you know, Parody and I will take the mantle of going back through our feedback for Mellow Mally, who got in contact with us back at the end of June. And I know we're kind of halfway through July and Respawn was going to do it last week. And then he said he was going to come back this week and do it, but he didn't, you know, he lost the bet. This is mid-season. This is the mid-season email from, from Melissa Update. That's all this is. Yeah, it's mid-season, my teamer. Okay. All right. So Melissa, a.k.a. Mellow Mally, writes, Hi, guys. Again. 
Sorry, this is probably going to be a little longer than the email I sent last month. Listening to your weekly podcast the past couple of days, I haven't listened to it all yet, and I just wanted to say thank you for mentioning the exotic fish slash broken blade. I had no idea that was even a thing, so I looked up more info online and was able to get the broken blade from Nessus and the Miasma. This is another great example of why your podcast is so informative. I'm not sure I would have ever known about it without you mentioning it. And we can skip the part to Respawn now. (laughs) Oh, also Respawn, who unfortunately is not here to respond to you in real time. In regard to my email last month, I had forgotten you live in Southern... I'm sorry, I forgot to mention we live in Southern California. So playing with your regular group from the East Coast shouldn't be a problem. This weekend, I'm going to see if I can finally get to rank 10, Exemplar. I only need to do two things, the Seasonal Journey on Legendary and the featured Grandmaster with a dark Darkness subclass equipped. I also need to guild my Conqueror title by completing six GM Nightfalls. I will definitely be reaching out for help if my family isn't available to join me and help me get those completed. So Respawn, even though you can't hear this, be on the lookout. Also, Respawn's on vacation. Also, it is no longer that week, so who knows what's happening. Merchandise? Mm-hmm. Did I hear Respawn say you guys are considering getting your own merch? That would be great. I would love a Two Titans and a Hunter hat and other stuff. Mm-hmm. 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 I know. This is, I know. This is this is nine deep and now now frowning deeply over the corner. You can see the frown lines just just deeply set. I'm there. trying to find the best place to put the merch up so that you know it's a good decent price for people to purchase because you don't want to be overpriced and have rubbish. You don't, or or get some rubbish, which uh, is its own other topic from the world of Destiny <laughs> this week. Lastly, and here is the long part. If you take requests I want to talk about, I've been dabbling in PvP for a few months. As I said in my earlier email, I started playing Destiny in August 2022, and I was so afraid to partake in PvP. I went in one time with my husband to see what it was like, and I was just so nervous and bad, and I wanted to get out of there ASAP. I hit a lot. About six months ago, my whole family was playing Crucible, our son and two daughters and their significant others, and and my husband... So I decided to take the plunge and join their fire team. Um, okay. I was still really bad, especially because our kids' KDAs are way up, and all because of the similar skill in matchmaking. I was just getting shot left and right before I could even move out of spawn. I was so embarrassed that in some games, I didn't even get one kill. I wanted so much to play with the family, but I felt really bad for bringing down the whole team. First off, don't. Never feel bad. It's fun. It's a game. It's all good times. I mean, you heard me at the beginning of the show. We went into trials and we just got killed over and over and over and over and over again. And it was just fun to play with your friends. So, yeah, don't feel bad. Yeah, exactly. They're happy you're playing there as part of the family. That's mm-hmm. the fun thing. My my wife is one of eight. And when they grew up, they all played Halo Deathmatch, the original Halo Deathmatch. So sometimes when we can get some some portion of her siblings together... We will go play the original Halo Deathmatch on the Xboxes again. Some of them are great. Some of them are terrible. It's all good fun. It's all good fun. We call it the Dang It Fest because everyone just sells, yells Dang It the entire time because we're playing with <laughs> husbands and wives and kids and their kids. And it's all good times. It's more fun. You know, everyone enjoys you playing with the family. It doesn't matter if you're good or bad. No one's judging you. And if they are, it's all lighthearted. And if it's not lighthearted, tell them they suck and then hit them with things in real life. Yeah. you will win. So she goes on to say, 
I remember when Speddy, I remember when Sweaty Spooks was a guest on one of your recent podcasts, and he said he started out in PvP and then tried PvP. He started out in PvE and then tried PvP, but was also really bad. That is when we decided that if he wanted to get better, and that's how I felt too. After many games of playing Crucible and playing so poorly with my family and teammates, I vowed to myself to get better at PvP. Not great, but better. And that's what I did. I gained enough courage to start playing PvP by myself myself every day, several times a day, hours a day. A lot of falling down and picking myself up. PvP is interesting. I find it a constant mental battle with myself. I felt like quitting so many times. I felt bad for my rando teammates because I was not helping our team win, but then little by little, I started to get a little better. With all the hours and playtime, I actually started to get better. I started moving my way up from last place to second to last place. I was getting more than one to two kills. I was so happy to move out of the last place slot. At least the amount of kills, you know, least amount of zones controlled, etc. Then, I started to move up into the middle of the pack. Oh my god, I wasn't in last place, or even second to last place anymore. Crucible was actually starting to be fun. It was becoming a really fun challenge to not only get better, but to help my team win. And as the games continued, every day, several times, hours a day. To make a long story short, I now have my Iron Lord title, Gilded. Excellent, congratulations. My yep. team approves deeply. I usually end up first or second on my team. I usually get 20 plus kills per game. Definitely an improvement. Of course, there are plenty of games, like when Parody mentioned in your last podcast, I have been doubting myself. One game my KD is 4 with 20 plus skills. My next game my KD is 0.8 with 9 kills. Sigh. But overall, I am better. And that's what I wanted to be. And thank goodness for the similar skill matching. I am not so jaded anymore to think that I can... I'm not so jaded to think that I can compete with sweaty spooks, but I am better than I was and actually enjoying PvP rather than fearing it. So I do have a lot of questions about PvP, but for now I want to get some feedback on what armor stats should be. I've looked online and everyone says something different. For example, some people say that recovery is the most important stat. Some people say resilience. Some say that having armor stats up to 100 doesn't matter, that it maxes out at 80 or 90 or maybe lower. Some even say that having armor stats at 100 can hurt your performance and that you should stay around 80 or 90. Why? So my warlock is my main character, so armor stats are not an issue and I have flexibility, but my hunter is my newest character and having decent armor stats is a struggle. Some say stats for hunters in PvP should be mobility first, recovery second, resilience third. But do I sacrifice recovery for mobility? The best I can do with armor stats in PvP for my poor hunter is 102 mobility, 57 resilience, 44 recovery. That seems like poor armor stats for PvP, and I think it might have me underperforming. Anyway, if you guys can talk about armor stats and PvP in one of your future podcasts, that would be so helpful. Thanks for all you do, Melissa. Well, we can definitely do that. Yeah, but I think, absolutely. I think to uh, answer that, that question about the, the PvP stat, well, the, the stats for your armor, it, sometimes I find that it, it doesn't matter what I am rocking armor stat-wise. Sometimes if I'm jumping from character to character to character, I will just put on the weapons that I want to use in PvP or the weapons that I know that I'm really good at on that character. So, for example, in, at the moment, I, I think I was using the Ace of Spades on my Titan. I used the Ace of Spades on my Warlock, and I found that I wasn't as good with it. 
Now I swapped back to the Titan and played with the Titan. But sometimes when I find that I'm jumping from character to character, I don't pay that much attention to the stats. And you can have good games or bad games. It just depends on how good you are at kind of playing PvP. So your positioning and the the game mode also helps as well. So if it is just kind of doing capturing the zone or, you know, making sure that people aren't getting close to that zone. So those things kind of do have a factor. And you'll, you'll find that if you take your eye off of those stats and don't look at them as much, that you don't notice that those stats are there. You know, saying that those stats will benefit you if you do spec into them of like going like 100% mobility, 100% resilience, uh, 50% recovery, that they're kind of little increments that will help your gameplay. What do you think, Parody? Yeah, as far as, as far as I think the same thing, some of it is too, is just sort of what you feel comfortable with because things just sort of feel different to me. Mm. I mean, I mean, I think, I think my, my general, you know, again, going about things, whether I'm playing the Titan or the Warlock is I, I, I look at resilience as sort of my security blanket. I want to get my resilience to a hundred or at least as high as I can. Yeah. I then sort of depending what I'm playing, will look at either recovery or discipline because I either want to throw a bunch of grenades or I want to be recovered a little faster. Honestly, well, I'll go and look because you can pull up, you know, under under all these stats in the game, you know, like recovery and discipline specifically. You can go look in discipline and say, well, what's the difference if I go from you know fifty to sixty or sixty to seventy? You know, it'll it'll show you. Hey, you know, and, and which grenade am I using? How quickly do I get that grenade back? So you're saying, hey, I, you know, I'm running, I'm running an arc, I'm running a pulse grenade. Here's the difference. Between, you know, oh, it, it, I'll get this grenade back, you know, three seconds quicker if I go, I don't remember what the numbers are, I don't have it in front of me, but, you yeah. know, here, here, you know, it, you know, going from, you know, this tier to this tier, it's, it's a six second difference in grenade. If I go from this tier to this tier, it's a 10 second difference. Well, that, that looks interesting to me. Because I think what, I think sort of where she was alluding to is like, if you go from like, you know, 90 to 100, I think the return on that is, is smaller than if you're going from like 80 to 90. So it's like, yeah. you know, I think it's like if, if you're going from, from 80 to 90 or 70 to 80, you're getting like, you know, your grenade back like eight or 10 seconds quicker. But then that last like 90 to a hundred, it's coming back like five seconds or three seconds. You know, it, it's a smaller return. Mm-hmm. So I think some of it is just, you know, what, what are you, what loadout are you going to play? You know, what, what subclass are you running? Because part of my, my mental math goes into, well, like if I'm, if I'm playing, well, I mean, if I'm playing my warlock, I care a little less about recovery because I sort of have recovery on demand. I got a rift I can throw down. I can recover whenever I want to, more or less. If I'm playing the Titan, I'm going, well, I'm jumping into Ark. You know, I, I don't have a really good way to heal myself, so maybe I want my recovery a little bit higher. If I'm running Void, I can throw a wall down, give myself an overshield in health. I don't quite need that recovery being quite too high. So some of it sort of goes into what am I going to play and how am I going to play it? Um, and at the yeah. end of the day, yeah, it's just some of it's just, you know, collecting, collecting armor. You know, like my my Titan has armor for days and days and days. My warlock has got you know some decent stuff. It's sort of like I can get a good roll here and there, but I don't have you know every piece of armor in every slot. And my hunter, we don't talk about. It. He's at sixteen sixty eight and has hunter has armor and exists. But I think you know, and that's what things like Iron Banner or you know Solstice is really good for. Saying, let me just go play that event on you know on the character with with the rolls of armor that I don't have that are quite as good. And just sort of collect those armor rolls. Like my, for years, and I know we've we've featured a, a number of different people talking about 
armor and builds and what you should do and how you should how you should do your armor stats and all these things and what ghost mod you should put into your ghost in order to try to get you know the the stats where you want them to fall. So I know some of it is just is is just a numbers game of you know play the game and hoard armor and then go to D two armor picker and say what can I do with this? Yeah, I mean that's where I was going to point to in the direction or point anybody in the direction of. If you go to D two armor picker and that's D two armor picker dot com, you can link your Bungie account. It will then go through your characters. You can you know select whichever character you want. You can select whichever exotic you want to kind of use. So say for the moment uh, I will point you in the direction of a cool guy video that he put out this week for the warlocks using the getaway artist gloves now these are the ones that convert your grenade your arc grenade into an arc soul and you become amplified and the arc soul has the functions as an autonomous autonomous turret and it works better than the arc soul that you get in the rift it, it's a little bit more aggressive so he put out a build this week as a complete arc build and i'll, I'll link that in the show notes because it's a really cool video and as we were kind of playing warlock this week i thought it's one to kind of he was saying that it's kind of slept on in pvp and he showed you kind of how it dominated and especially with the new auto rifle that you can get from this season the uh centrifuge it pairs really well with that anyway going back to d2 armor picker so yes, you can go to D2 Armor Picker. So it knows what stats you've got on all your armor. And you can say, right, I want to use the Getaway Artist. So if you select the exotic armor piece you want for your character, it will then look down every single piece of armor and go, right, what do you want to kind of spec into? So you can spec into mobility, resilience, recovery, discipline, intellect, up to like 100. And then you pick whatever you want to kind of stack into that. So if you want to go across like across the board with 80s for resilience, recovery and discipline, you can do that. And then it will also then tell you what's available to get up to 100. Say you want to get 100 resilience on your Warlock. Uh, it will then tell you what pieces you've got. Um, at the moment, I've got like, I think it's 65 items that are used, 17 combinations on my Warlock to get up to 100 resilience, 80 recovery and 80 discipline. It'll then tell you you can go up to like 30 in mobility. Uh, you've still got some stat points available. So if you want to go 40 in intellect, you can still do that. And then 30 in strength. And then that'll whittle it down to kind of, it's given me two um, combinations generated. It will then show you what mods that you need to then equip, what armor pieces you need to do. You can copy that to a clipboard, which you can then take into your Destiny Item Manager loadout. And then it will highlight those in your Destiny Item Manager for you to then transfer across. It'll also tell you if you need to upgrade them. So if you need to masterwork them. So if you need to masterwork them, it'll also tell you if you need to do that. You can also click buttons to say, do it without masterworking. So just show me what I've got currently that I've got available in upgrading. But the, the good fun thing about this is that it tells you, if you go onto the stats, it'll tell you the tier zero resilience of like for a Titan, how many hit points you get. So a tier zero, uh, 185 hit points, PVE damage is 0%. Rally Barricade comes back in 45 seconds. The Towering Barricade comes back in 57. And the Bastion Barricade comes back in 1 minute 57. Now, if you then scroll through, go from 10, 20, 30, all the way up to 100, it tells you each stat as you go through. So at tier 10, it gives you an extra 15 hit points. So it takes you up to 200. Uh, PVE damage reduction is 40%. Rally Barricade comes back in 16 seconds. 
tower barricade comes back in 20 and the bastion barricade comes back in 41 and it'll do that for like the hunters for mobility because hunters are the ones that need the mobility so for a tier 10 it gives you a speed increase of 40 percent uh walking speed uh, is uh, an increase of seven point milliseconds strafe speed is 5.9 crouch speed 3.85 Marksman Dodge comes back in 14 seconds, Gambler's Dodge 19, and Acrobat's Dodge in 41 seconds. And then for recovery for your Warlocks, it will tell you that uh, Tier 10, the regeneration is 6.0 seconds, and your Rift will regenerate in 0.41 seconds. So you can see there, and and it will tell you how quickly these kind of come back. So you can see the difference between a a Tier 8 and 100, or Tier 8 and 9, or seven so you'll be able to see what's actually going to come back quicker and it'll also tell you that for like the discipline for your your grenades your intellect for your super and your strength for your your punchy punchy abilities so depending on what you want to kind of spec into it will give you what you kind of need to do but i would recommend possibly for a warlock and if you're going to go with the getaway artist probably recovery 100 percent and your discipline 100 percent that then for me that leaves me with a resilience tier of six percent but if i'm using the recovery and the discipline very well with getting the arc buddies up every couple of seconds and keeping them up and standing in my wells and using those the the difference between like the tier six and the tier 100 i mean the hit points is 192 resilience at tier six whereas tier 10 is 200 so it's only a matter of eight like eight hit points and then you know i mean it differs for for the, the titans so my rally barricade will come back in 24 seconds towering barricade 30 seconds and bastion in a minute and three but if i'm on my warlock that kind of doesn't matter that's just kind of my resilience so you can see where it kind of has an effect on your character for those different stats i mean you can always you don't necessarily need to be like 100 recovery. You could possibly, for me, I could possibly take that down one, but then that would increase my resilience up to tier seven and give me another couple of hit points. So yeah, it's it swings and roundabouts. And, and use D2 Armor Picker to have a look at what you've got and what you kind of build into. And um, you'll learn a lot more about how that works. But then you'll go into the some games and you'll get two tapped with... a a scout rifle and you'll go how did that happen and it's not until you kind of look at what they're using like they may have had a rampage on you know they they could have got uh, a kill clip on there you you just never know so sometimes even having 100 resilience on a titan and standing in a barricade with a bastion overshield just still doesn't have any effect it's just they they do whatever they're going to do in pvp sometimes yeah, and that's one thing I'll say. Like, like oftentimes, like when when you go and you see a build that someone's put together, you know, Plunder the Booty or Mactics or anyone out here, but you're doing the build videos. Oftentimes, it's more about what the build does and how the synergies work with the mods and the armor pieces and things you've selected. Because mm-hmm. you'll notice most of that time, you know, they're not running triple hundreds. Like, you know, their, their stats are not super duper high in many cases. It's it's more about, you know, what are you doing in the game and how are you sort of getting your abilities back or, or basically like what gameplay loop? Are you a hunter? Do you wanna do you wanna dodge all the time because the dodge activates a thing and then you go do this thing? Are you a Titan and you wanna have that barricade back? Do you wanna just throw piles and piles of grenades at people? 
So some of it's just about you know sort of specking into what you what you want to do and what you want to do a lot of, and sort of how, what your play style is. Yeah, but D two armor picker is absolutely. It takes all of the grunt work out of figuring out what can I have, what can I do, and going, hey, here's you know here's all the Legos. Let me throw these Legos on the floor. Tell me which of these Legos I can put together to make something good, or what's yeah. the best thing I can do with them. And I'll put in, I'll put we'll put these links in the show notes. One, Mister Sweaty Spooks himself, which also if you're if you're not listening to the Blueberry Lounge, you should go check those guys out because they talk about PvP and have a focus on PvP. And with a uh, certain Destiny PvP podcast leaving the scene, you know, there's going to be people looking for PvP content. So the Blueberry Lounge with Sweaty Spooks and Native Raider. Absolutely go check it out. But Sweaty put out a video uh, earlier this month about Destiny 2 PvP basics. You know, it says for beginners, but he goes through things like, you know, how mods work in, in PvP, under stats, Warlock stats, and Titan stats, explaining build, explaining how those stats work together. So that's a good, you know... Nine and a half minutes, not quite Deacon approved, but you know, pretty close video, just sort of going over some of this. Um, for you know, like the warlock specifically, you know, again, and and honestly, for the most part, warlocks and titans, I think people sort of say, you know, resilience and recovery are what you want, and then sort of build into you know, discipline or whatever you're looking for next. Hunters put a little more toward, mobi- toward mobility because that's what get their, gets their class ability, their dodge back quicker. So that's just sort of the basic, you know, uh, sort of overriding principle people use. Um, but Apathetic has a video he just put out in, like, two weeks ago for Perfect Your Warlock Build, Best Stats for PvP. And he goes over every single stat, mobility, resil, recovery, discipline, intellect, strength, and ranking of importance. You know, how all those stats work together and sort of which ones you want, what they do, how they benefit you. You know, it's for a warlock, so it should at least you know, be more familiar to as you're playing your warlock thinking, well, these, here's how these things work, but you can apply a lot of that stuff to, you know, Titan more, you know, almost like a one-to-one, and then Hunter just think, hey, you know, I might want to, you know, I might want a little more mobility because that's what gets my dodge back. And then I would be remiss if I didn't at least link to Ascendant Nomad's Crucible Doctor series, which is a series he did, you know, I think early last year, maybe, um, about, it, it's, I think there's like, you know, 20 or 30 videos in this, playlist but he goes over just you know all parts of playing crucible every you know I, you don't need to sit down and watch like all of these front to back but he has all sorts of just different ways to approach crucible different things to think about you know from positioning from consistency to you know a- analyzing your own gameplay looking at and saying you know here's here's what i did right here's what i did what i did wrong um just all sorts of different aspects of pvp and there are little like you know bite-sized chunks of you know, 10 minutes here, 6 minutes there, about a, sort of a different aspect of the game and a different aspect of playing. He also has a phenomenal voice, so if nothing else, he's worth listening to and enjoying his content. Cool. So yeah, so that should get you started. It should. And the only video that I want to kind of add to the many videos that I've kind of dropped throughout the podcast this week that is from Shadow Destiny is every hidden exotic perk in Destiny 2. Now, some of these will be beneficial in PvP and some of them won't. They'll be beneficial in PvE. But it's also things like where like the Wither Horde will work with the Malfeasance and give extra damage to Malfeasance shots. Little things like that. And did you know, because I know Respawn probably doesn't know this, and I didn't know it, and I've been a Destiny player since day dot. Bad Juju, which is a exotic pulse rifle that 
I think is available from the Tower uh, Monument to Lost Light. It's a primary uh, pulse rifle. It has the String of Curse perk, which is kills refill the magazine, increase damage for the short duration, and grant super energy based on the strength of String of Curses. And it fires in full auto. But it also has a secret perk that I wasn't aware of, which is if you get, I think it was something like 146 kills in a row without dying and out reloading, every shot that you take after that makes the enemies explode. And I was like, say 146. It's something like 146. You'd have to watch the video just to double check the math on this one. But you get it as long as you don't reload and you're getting kind of constant kills. So, like in the throwaway, if you're in the Shattered Throne, just constantly get the kills. And then after like 146 kills, every enemy is kind of exploding. It kind of does this explosion animation. So, it's not one that's going to work in PvP, but it's going to work in PvE as long as you don't reload. I thought that was pretty cool. So yeah, I'll, I'll link that one in the show notes. That that is a lot of kills. It mm-hmm. is. That is that is quite something. <laughs> and I think right. that's it for our show this week. We've we've managed to go nearly three hours, just the two of us, with a little bit of interaction from Respawn. Yeah, I, I think we've done a great job, and I think all of our Patreons, all of our patrons, are going to be really happy with the show. They're going to have all the answers to all their questions. They're going to know what's coming up. They're going to know why they should be throwing balls into bonfires and setting things ablaze. Yeah. They're absolutely going to know what Zep Orbit, who can't be thrown with a good time, knows. They're going to know that T-Rex King, Charlotte Cam, and BHS Nightcrawler have recruited Melomally into the Otter Dance Troupe. So she is now one of our lovely Otter Dance Troupe, standing there, dancing, doing their incredible work. Carver 2782, we know Golden God 1562, basically Salt Zombie Pops and Renard Calant are throwing all the grenades. Because why are they? Da- why, why is our Otter Dance Troop dancing? Because of the grenades. Gotta throw all those grenades. And then Deacon has granted the approval of PP Pipe, Dimwe, the Drifter's Driftwood, Space Coin, and Damn House. And we thank all of our wonderful patrons who make this show happen, who make us, you know, better people, giving us questions to answer. And uh, yeah, this is our reminder. We do enjoy your feedback. If you have a question, a burning desire... Email the show, two titans and a hunter at hotmail.com. And then we too could answer your questions eventually. We're not quick, but we are persistent. And this is where I say, thank you for joining us. Your titans are paired to unite demon. Your hunter on holiday is no one responds in real life. You should email the show with your questions, desires, concerns, two titans and a hunter at hotmail.com. Or reach out to us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Everywhere two titans and a hunter exists, everywhere the social mediums exist, we exist. Find the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on YouTube each week for new episodes, weekly update videos, and live streams. TwoTimesInterHunter.com will get you all you need to know about the show. You can, If you want to join the Otter Dance Troop, threaten us with a good time, throw more grenades, you can join the Patreon at Patreon.com slash TTA8. Or if you're looking for a more casual encounter, Coffee.com, KO-FI.com slash Hunter, all spelled out. If you want the thrill of live action, spicy language, and often a live stream of the show, twitch.tv slash no one responds in real life. If you want to keep it family friendly like a proper British gentleman, head over to twitch.tv slash two titans and a hunter. And you should go to both those places, press the button, and then you'll know when either Night Demon or Respawn goes live. And really, you never know what either one of them are going to get up to. So it's worth a follow for that reason alone. Embrace the mystery. Now, Mr. Night Demon, mm-hmm. leave the people with your parting thoughts. 
we have no Welshman from Australia this week. We barely have a Floridian. I think that's our show. I think it is. Go and bash those bonfires and allons-y. Until next week. Bye. Two Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny 2 podcast. You know what I'm saying? You know, you... I don't know.